So one of my friends has told me that he, for, for one of the first stories he ever remembered of me was when I was getting my dick sucked as a bouncer. Um, so it is actually in the bathroom of this bar or this, yeah, this bar slash club we used to work at. And, um, the girl was like, Hey, I want to come to the party. And then they, my friends were like, well, you can only come if you suck his dick on his birthday. And she was like, okay. And how that, old were you turning? Oh uh, shit. That's maybe like 25, 26 years old. Mm. And, um, so this is before me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, like the party was at census and then we ended up going to my buddy's club and that's where it happened because I was like, Hey, you remember you were here for a reason. I was like, you can't come to the after party if you don't, you know, do what you're supposed to do. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she comes to the after party. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And I thought she was going to say, no, I don't want to do it. I was like, okay, whatever. That's fine. You know, because, but I swear, all I remember was her sucking my dick. But my, my friend swears to God, he walked in the bathroom where I was getting my dick sucked. And he was like, I was fucking her. You now, were like coked out or something? No, I was rolling. We were all rolling really heavy. Mm. And that's what I still remember. I, I just, now, did you ever ask her? No. Because I remember she, I, I met this girl. Mm-hmm. We were at Census one night. I think it was Census. And then she's like, I sucked your dick on your birthday. Like, she was proud of this. <laughs> yeah, it's like a badge of honor. You know, like. It's like that guy took a punch from you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's funny because the story I heard originally was you were working the door and you're either at a podium or at a table. And the girl was under the table or under the podium giving you head. See, I don't remember that. Because I know the girl, that same girl, sucked your friend's dick while at his job. Okay, yeah. So the same girl that we're talking about that blew me. So maybe uh, he's talking about somebody totally different. Maybe. But she went to his job. And my friend had a job that was, um, you know, was... Media related. Media related, right? So like, and he's on the air and talking and, you know, like like what they do. And he called her. I, I don't even know if there was text message this time. If it was, it was on a flip phone. So I think he just called and said, hey, come up here. And he, she went down there and she was blowing him while he was live on air. Like, so. So she's like sucking dick, this girl or something? Like, is that her move? I think so. And I think she. Is she good at it? Do you recall? I, I do remember it was good. Did you bust? I think I did. I'm sure I did. Yeah. How long do you think you lasted? It took longer because you I was so fucked. Something? Yeah, I was uh, I'm, I'm okay. on uh, X, you know? Yeah. But if I, was, if I wasn't sober or like having drinks, like probably like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so this was at Liquid Lounge? This is at Liquid Lounge where she blew me. In that dirty ass bathroom? Yeah. Ugh. So we're in the woman's bathroom. <laughs> so I guess they had a cleaning crew come through like, because this was like on like a Saturday. I mean, this was like, so at this time it was like Sunday morning, like at 530 in the morning, you know? Wow. So I'm oh, sitting. Just how smelly you were because you were fat back then, man. <laughs> so I'm sitting like, so I'm sitting exactly how I'm sitting right now, like just forward like this on the, so like my pants are up and everything like this, you know? Yeah. But like she takes my dick out, like she undoes my belt, belt on that stuff and she's sucking my dick and she, her, she's on her knees. Oh. Yeah. I mean, like, and we all know how dirty those bathrooms used to be. <laughs> if y'all want a, re- a reference to any dirty bathroom, just think of Alfred's bathroom early 2000s. Yeah. Like where all that water would be yeah. down on the ground and stuff like that. But yeah, that was, 
And then um, I see her a couple times. I see her on Facebook every now and then. But, you know. Maybe she rekindle. She's actually married with like three children. Mm. She's the one that got away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you got me a job at Liquid Lounge. I was working there like either Friday or Saturday nights. I was working the door and you got me the job up there. Is it when they had the goth night? No, it was um, uh, Eubank and them's night. Uh, oh, yeah. There was a fight every single night, too. It, it was, was probably Eubank. <laughs> but, dude, like, every time, like, that's one working there, you just knew that was going to be a fight. Mm. It, was other, it was more than likely going to be your plethora of friends fighting, <laughs> but there's going to be, there's definitely going to be a fight. I'll never forget the first time I went there. I was with, like, and all those people. And some girl was eating another girl's pussy on the couch. And uh, <laughs> fucking, I think not was like, I'd probably bleep the names, but filming because they had like a little flip phone back then. That's right. The first flip phone in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you got me a job with you. You were head of security at King Biscuit. Mm-hmm. And that's when I first met him. Mm. And the first night, everything was really cool. I was like, oh, this is a great job. And then there was a huge fucking brawl. Like, at the end of the night, some guy threw a metal chair at some other guy's face and what busted his head fuck? open. Well, yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" Because the chairs at the bar on the bar were like, um, like metal, but not not like the ones at Silly Goose and stuff like that, you know. Mm. But they were like bars, like the high rise bar seats, you know, not the ones with the no back and stuff like how we have here. Yeah, but like, and then the seats that people sat in were like wood and shit like that. So it had to be in the bar t- bar thing, right? Because it was a bar at the very beginning when you first walk in. No, so when you walk into the door right there, it was in the very back by the bathrooms. So like, here's the bar, here's the bathroom, here's where the DJ was. Oh, really? Yeah. For some reason, I thought the... Did they move it at one time? There was, there was an outside bar. A liquid? Oh, we we're talking about King Biscuit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, so okay. King Biscuit, the... Yeah, the I door, remember, you remember, walk in, yeah. remember it's a shotgun style, yeah. you walk in, pay cover right there, and then the bar was right here. At Liquid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like on the right side. Okay, yeah. And then the further back you walked in Liquid, the weirder and wilder it got. Like, <laughs> it's fucking wild, man. Yeah, I was there. And were you there till the end, uh, till they closed? Mm-hmm. King Biscuit? Yeah. Because what did it turn to Salty Dog or something? Yeah, after like King that? Biscuit, which was a... Which was supposed to be a thing for, um, is a King Biscuit Jazz Festival. Mm-hmm. That's originally how King Biscuit where, started. That way they got the name. They were going to use it as like a. They were going to do like jazz, br- like jazz brunch, and all that. They were going to be ahead of the. You know, that's how it started. Because one day somebody goes, "How are y'all affiliated with uh, King Biscuit Jazz Festival?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "That's the name." I was like, "Oh, I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I just know that's King Biscuit because that's what the guy told me it's called." But yeah, after that, it was Salty Dog. And then it became something else after Salty Dog. But now it's like a restaurant and stuff like that. Mm. Because, you know, the kitchen back there was brand new that they put in. Oh, really? Yeah. It was the um, Ed Hardy and Affliction. Remember that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Everybody wore that shit. Remember the Ed Ed Hardy party they had? Yeah. That, Yeah. uh, That they threw? And it was like... I mean, I've never seen this many people throw, like begging me to let them in somewhere. Really? Like after we were too full, you know? Yeah. Because Thomas was like, hey, man, don't let anybody else in for a while. We're, we're completely full. Like, I'll come and tell you when to let more people in. I was like, all right, cool. And they're like, man, I'll give you $100. I'll give you $200. I'm like, I'm definitely taking the fucking money. Hell yeah. Like, like who, who would not take that kind of money, you know? Like, I'm living with my mama, you know? Like, like it, 
the money was just too much. Well, back then there wasn't really that many options to do shit either, especially in Cordova. Yeah, because mm-hmm. downtown wasn't like it is now. Mm-hmm. Not saying downtown has a shit going, a lot of shit going on, but it's more now than back then. Yeah, but like you know, and it was just you had that, and then you had Mulligans on Trinity. Mm, yeah, and you had sixty four Mulligans and Fox and the Hound and Fox and Hound Salem. So Cordova. like, I mean Cordova, yeah. yeah. So Cordova, Fox and the Hound Cordova was where everybody went. Yeah, you know that was a that was a spot all the time. Wow. You miss that at all, working the club thing? Yeah, I, I kind of do because, man, like, you know, you're kind of like in control of, you know, who's coming in and who's not coming in unless they come to the back door with, like, the owners and shit like that, right? But, like, it gives you, like, a power, like, you know, like, like, oh, yeah, you're good. No, I'm sorry, you can't come in. Like, I remember when Wilbur came to me when I was working the door at 152 going up to the second floor, he was like... For the next hour, don't let anybody up here except for late uh, woman. I'm like, okay, cool. And he was like, no, I'm being serious. Like, I know that you're new at this, but that's all I want. If there's a couple, the guy waits downstairs. If she wants to go upstairs, you charge her. You make him wait. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I was just thinking, what is this man talking about? Ain't no, they're not going to fucking separate like that. Hello, me old. Uh, hey, we're opening up the upstairs. It's uh, $40 a head. Um, chicks only. And these girls would be handing the money. Hey, baby, we'll be, we'll be upstairs. You just guys wait. And I, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. And then, you know, like, I remember this was when the Grizzlies first came. And all the office people in the Grizzlies were like, hey, this is my business card, man. Let me up there. Like, I'll give you free tickets to the Grizzlies. And I was like, I don't want to go fucking watch the Grizzlies and lose my job, you know? Like, because he was, he was really adamant about stuff like that. He's like, until I tell you, this, that's all you do. I was like, all right. One night I was working... Uh, the other door at King Biscuit and Triple Six came in mm. and I was pretty clueless. I didn't know who they were. So I started charging them and you came into me. You're like, what are you doing? You're like, they don't fucking pay. Let them in. Yeah. Like, it was a uh, so. computer. It was when they did that show, um, uh, Hollywood the, or well, the MTV show. MTV show. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's like, no, 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 man. No, no, let him go. Oh, that's right. I forgot it. We had to go to two doors because we're so busy. Right. Damn. Yeah, and, and it was like so. One of the guys' name on that show was his name is Patrice, mm. and he's like he's just like best friends with all those guys. Is that the looking at a mirror guy? Yeah, they did it with computer. Yeah, yeah, and okay. they would and they they um they did it. And then I remember one night when um Rampage came up there. Like this is what I don't understand about this. Like you 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 I think you've talked about it before. Like somebody with a lot of money comes to a place. And he's never spending any money. It's like, yeah, because everybody wants to buy them. It's shit. like people that don't have money are the ones spending all the money. Hey, can I get your shot? You want a drink? You want this? You know, like, yeah, okay, I'll take this, you know, whatever. And like, you don't ever see them open their wallet or yeah. anything. Yeah, it's weird. Cause like, especially like with famous people, they always get shit for free, like clothes and like cars mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's the people that are struggling that need the assistance, but somebody that can afford it usually gets it for free. But I think they do that too. One, because like if somebody, wears it or talks about it, you know, that's promote free promotion for them essentially. So Right. Well, it's just, like yeah, go ahead. Just them mentioning it, especially with social media now, just yeah. them mentioning it is gonna get them, you know, traction from it. Cause I mean like if you think about most trends, it usually starts with like some type of advertisement. And so you see it on T V or Instagram or whatever, and then you'll be like, Oh, let me go wear that. Because mm-hmm. you saw somebody else doing it. Cause like we're all like a followers essentially to something. Right, you know, because I mean, we're not none of us are walking around naked. You know, that's right. how we come into this world. But we see other people putting on clothes, and we put on clothes, and you know, we just fit a, f- a certain style. 
even like the anti-fashion of grunge in the 90s yeah. became a fashion. Yeah. <laughs> They're selling like expensive ass shit that was basically thrift store clothes, but it became like a fashion yeah. in itself. Huh. You know, like when, when these celebrities and them go to like the like a fashion show, just for example, or like the movie awards and stuff like that, they get mm-hmm. those gift bags, you know? Yeah. Like the shit in there is worth like thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, but like you just said, if they mention that they're using Dr. Dre beats, mm-hmm. you know, while they're working out, there's going to be hundreds of people. If they really, if it's a big celebrity that did it, they're going to go buy it, you know? And, yeah. Well, that's just like that NFT thing I told you about with that Tory Lanez guy. Like he sold it for a dollar, but I mean, like he sold a million copies of it. So that's a million dollars. And then on top of that, he has residuals with it. So anytime somebody else sells it, he can make money off what they sold, like a piece of it. And it's just all just because of who he is. You know, if he was a nobody, no one's going to buy his NFT. But, you know, it all's based off of uh, popularity, essentially. But who is he? He's like a rapper or hip. Like, he's like a hip hop guy. Like, like a usher kind of style or? No, he does like rap and like kind of sing. I think he did a lot of covers from what I understand. I don't know. I know some of his music, but not a bunch. He's known for like recently shooting that Meg Thee Stallion chick in the foot. I don't know oh, if you heard okay. about I know, that. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're talking about that's now. Serious. And didn't she like go back to him or something like that? I don't think so. Cause I was listening. There's a, I listened to this podcast. It's a no jumper podcast. It's on uh YouTube. That's where I usually listen to it. It's this guy named Adam 22. And he usually has like a lot of hip hop people, or whatever. And he, him and his his uh, co host were talking about like that. His co host name is AD. Yeah, they got with that guy. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, he was saying that like they were supposed to go to trial about the shooting or whatever. And so I, I think he's got like a restraint or they have a restraint order. He can't go where she's at. So I don't think they're back together. He's the guy. The that I saw recently got a hair transplant and opened up about it. The Adam 22? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he sent that to me. He's like, and they were talking about it, and he's the co-host people, were like, or the, he was on, the Adam 22 guy was on the show, right? And they were like talking to, so the get, the host of the show were like, hey man, what's up with your hair? Well, that's his show. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. But like, yeah, he was like, he's like, what are you talking about? Like, oh. <laughs> he's like, well, nah, I mean, man. I, I didn't know really, I always knew of him because of just like social media. And I just assumed he, like, was bald. Like, he was just shaving his hair. And then he grew his hair. I was like, why does dude shave his head if he has this mm. good head of hair? And then come to find out he was losing it and then got the plugs. It does look good, though, man. They've uh, fuck, they've come a long way with that shit. I hear Turkey's the place to go. I try to get Raul to go, man. He keeps bullshitting, though. I have to take off. So, well, I, I could do it. You like, could have done it when you were off for that whole time, man. I wasn't losing my hair then. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, like, so after the procedure, there's like, like a whole lot of stuff that you have to do in order to, for it to stick and stuff like that. And I just can't do any, like, I can't do like half of them. So it's not even worth it right now because one of them is you can't, you can't go into extreme cold. So I wouldn't be able to go into the coolers in my job. Mm. So that'd be, because what could happen, um, is it could, they could freeze and they would just fall off because when you get it done, um oh by the way one of my customers got done and i i asked him to look at his head on thursday when i was there and he, you know he came down and stuff like that and look let me see the back like it's starting to grow like it's it's a little you can see like a little, little peck you know that's growing but like it's definitely starting to come in because now it's fallen out the stuff that's supposed to fall out and it's starting to grow and he's really happy i knew a guy that inherited like 120 grand or something mm-hmm. and the first thing he did is he went to uh, Canada and got it done. Mm. And 
a year later, it looked fucking awesome. Like you could not tell. And like, he seemed like he was really happy and everything. And then he had all this money, all this time and he got into heroin and now he's dead. Damn. Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy. He just stayed bald. <laughs> he looked Fuck. totally, he looked good. He looked totally different, but he just didn't have to work and he had all this money and yeah. I would blow through $120,000, I think. He, it was all gone within a couple of years. That's so oh, sad. Yeah, but that's, that's what they, they say. Like people that like win the lottery and stuff like that, they usually end up broke. Right. Because I guess if you don't know how to manage money, you're probably going to go like, like athletes and famous people. You know, a lot of people think that that is going to keep coming in. Mm-hmm. Like eventually it's going to dry up if you don't have it residually coming in. Well, that's also like how we always see all these pro athletes that, that we know that we were when we were kids are more than likely broke or they're selling cars or something like that, you know, that, or their buddy has decided to let them open a car dealership in their, in, in like the athlete's name. So people come there, you know, but he's got all the money, but like now it's mandatory in a lot of, I don't know about all pro sports, but I know for the NFL, 100%, you have to go through classes, money management classes. Really? They make you uh, as a rookie, it's probably like the rookie thing they do with you because like Tony just said, that that eight million dollars you just made signing that deal for three years, if you don't know if you don't know in how to invest it, or if you go buy a five million dollar home, you ain't gonna have no money, right? right? You you already broke, right? Because say, so let's say the, let's say the expenses on the month on that house monthly is like a hundred thousand, you know what? That's one point two a year just going out already, and unless you're a badass, you're not gonna get much more, you know, like. I read uh, Duff McKagan's book. He was the basis from Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Awesome book. It's all about recovery and stuff. But he, when he started making money, he had an older brother that was like, you need to invest some of it because you're just blowing all your money. And he invested in Starbucks, Amazon, and then, and then something <laughs> else. He said he's made more money off his investments than he ever did off of Guns N' Roses or Velvet Revolver or any of those bands. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It, it you know it just takes one person to set you up right that you're going to listen to like uh, like you just said Duff, and then there's also that one person that's going to completely fuck you over. And if you're not listening to anybody but that one person, like Mike Tyson and Don King, you know, yeah. like all all of Mike Tyson's money, Don King used up or something like that, or t- kept from him or something like that, right? I think Mike Tyson blew through a lot of his own money, but yeah, I think Don King stole some money from him too. Oh, okay. Did either of y'all have people try to convince you to get Bitcoin back in the day? No, I wish no. they did. Mm-mm. I had a friend tell me about it when it was $12 a coin, and I didn't listen to him. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. He had he bought him at eight a coin. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he's, when they went to like 300 400 he sold a lot of them. Yeah. He still got a couple, but, you know, at one point he had probably you know, a hundred of them. Oh, wow. God, damn, it's really? 50, it's like 48,000. Cause now every time I go to my stores that have that Bitcoin machine, yeah. I always look and see how much it's worth. Oh, it shows it on the machine. Yeah. So like it, before you even open turn the machine on, it's already like, it's on the home screen of the machine, you know, it's like it's right there Yeah. on Friday. It was 49,000. It's fucking Dude, crazy. Your friend, your friend would have had half a million dollars, man. Yeah. He, uh, he told me, he's like, yeah, I bought them at eight a coin. Now they're 12. He's like, I think it'll keep going up. You should get some. And I was like, what year was this? Uh, I think it was 2011 or 12. Wow. Yeah. That's so fucking crazy. I saw something speaking of Bitcoin when, um, Ben Askren, I think I talked about it here maybe, but Ben Askren was talking about the last time Nick Diaz won a fight and he said like Bitcoin was like $4 a coin or $8 a coin. (laughs) So that sounds about the same round time, man. 
Yeah. Wow, that's fucking insane. Yeah, because the same guy, he got in on Ethereum when they were like 70 a coin or something <sighs> like that. God damn. Yeah. This guy knows what's up, man. Yeah, he's always been into tech stuff, and I just didn't get it, so yeah. I didn't listen. And yeah, I should yeah. have. Well, yeah, I, guess, I, like, I guess the way you can look at it, too, though, is if you still get some of it now, it's still going to if it's still going to go up, so at least get in now, and then you can still be like 10 years ahead from when it really hits. You Do y'all have any crypto? I have some. I yeah. do have some. I, I got it really into it in 2017, and so, then I kind of just like let it go, but I kept the stuff that I have, so I'm just kind of trying to let that ride out. Well, you got in pretty early then because, I mean, that was still in the past five years. I know there's been like dips. Yeah. But- yeah, it's one of those things where me personally, it's like I set it and forget it. Because mm-hmm. if you're always watching, you're going to be like, oh, what the fuck? And it's one of those things, too, like you don't purchase what you can't afford to lose. Right. Because that's the problem with a lot of people. They'll put in like a lot of money that they can't afford. And if it dips then they're trying to try to sell it and then they'll end up losing money when it goes back up. So the thing I think the best thing to do is just get it. Don't watch it all the time and just kind of just you know, periodically check in to see, you know, what's going on with it. Or you can purchase more, but I just think the best thing to do is just get it and don't put anything you can't afford to lose. I got in Ethereum at a decent point, but I lost a little, not a crazy amount, but I lost some on Doge. I got in that, Mm. got in that hype. And at one point I was up a lot, but I just waited. And now it's like, what, 20 cents a coin again or something. Hey man. I don't know what my thing looks like, but I, I'm 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 the idiot. I just keep on buying shit and not knowing. And but like I completely had forgotten. I even had Robinhood. Like I had stocks on Robinhood, right? Until last was it last year? Oh no, this summer when they sh- the, the oh the GameStop the GameStop thing? people. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the 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 what did they they shorted it or, yeah. or they made them lose all that money? Like big Wall Street people lost a bunch of money. Um, I was like, oh shit, I think I have GameStop. And I was like, you know what? I, I had to download the app again because I deleted one. And I was like, shit, I got it. And I opened it as so I had two shares. And when this was all happening, each one was like 428. And yeah. I, I didn't sell it. Tony was like, you just go ahead and sell that shit. I was like, no, 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 no. And now they're, I mean, now they're like, they, they stay around like 250, 300. Right. Yeah. I saw that. I think one of the, like main people from GameStop like cashed out his stock options when it went up so high, and I think he ended up quitting because he's yeah. like, "Why am I going to work? I'm the, like a uh, millionaire now." The CEO of GameStop, yeah, he was worth seven million dollars before the summer, uh-huh. and you know when he got we, we, because he's the new CEO, yeah, they gave him a bunch of stock, right? He's worth um two hundred and something million now, I think it wow. was at one point. That's fucking crazy. Wow. But you know it's gonna be like because it keeps on fluctuating. Yeah. Now, if I had gotten that, if that was me, I would have sold that shit at the highest I could, got my money. You didn't sell it when you had two. Why are you gonna sell it when you have a bunch? <laughs> Come on, man. Two two is a little different, okay? <laughs> two gives me hope. But no, I mean see it's like you think about it, see the that CEO, I think he, I think he, I'm pretty sure he still works there. Mm. But like you don't ever have to check in with anybody the rest of your life. And I would have taken that that all. I would have taken that big ass money and just. I don't know. Well, that's the thing about money. They money is uh, people always talk about. You don't need money. Money can't make you happy. But money Fuck definitely off. gives you freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, like and it's usually people that have money. They're telling you this shit, right? You know, because you know they they don't want you to be in their club. Probably 
So they're like, oh, yeah, stay down there. Do follow your passions, you know, but let me be rich. Right. And like, I love Gary Vee, but like sometimes like some of his stuff is so uh, contra- uh, contradictory because like he'll be like, fuck money. I don't need money. But then he's giving a speech where, you know, he's getting paid to do that speech. Right. If money is not that important, don't take the money for the speech you're doing. Right. You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> money, uh, money is definitely one of those things that we all need. And but it's also one of those things where I saw this thing one day and it was like uh, this is a picture of a man talking to a gorilla or an orangutan. And the guy is like, you stupid animal. And the orangutan is like, you're the only creature on Earth that pays to live. Mm-hmm. You know, so like we all just like are in this rat race because of what man, some man said, this isn't valuable. You know, like everything we have to have is because of value. So we have to work for it. Well, it's like you said, money being freedom, because I think it's what does it represent to you? You know what I mean? Because like, to me, it's like, I've never cared about clothes or cars, but if I can live the way I want to live and be free, yeah, I'll work for less. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think like money, especially for me, I think it, it's one of those things that has afforded me to travel. And with traveling, I think that's opened my mind to a lot of shit that I didn't know beforehand. Like, with some of the places I've been able to go because I've been able to afford to go there, it's like you realize how good I have it here. Mm-hmm. And until I experience it in somebody else's eyes, then you don't really know. Right. You know, because a lot of people are like, oh, OK, uh, you know, I don't see why uh, people here are complaining. And then you go to another country and people are digging through trash for food, you know, and. And then I guess it's like one of those things where it's not a pissing contest because, you know, people can have it bad here, too. But it's definitely a lot like I remember when we went to Tijuana and we walked from San Diego across the border to Tijuana. And as soon as we got in there, it just was a stark difference because San Diego is beautiful. It's like the beach and all that. You know, it's a really rich area. And then Tijuana is just poor as fuck. Right. And it's literally a stone's throw away. Like, it's just like that stark contrast where you start seeing like, and if I wouldn't have went there, I would have never known the two differences. Right. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, money affords you to see things that you possibly would not have known. Because like, sometimes you can see something online until you see it with your own eyes. It's totally different. You know, I think that's why a lot of times that, you know, immigrants come here and they do so well because they're so used to like whatever condition they lived in. Mm-hmm. And that they'll work their ass off to like get what they want because they're used to working their ass off and getting nothing. Yeah. It's like his parents, you know, when they came over here, you know, they come, they moved here and then they end up thriving, you know, and it's it. I think that's the problem with a lot of us Americans. We're lazy, you know, like I think a lot of us are kind of entitled, you know, because we're not used to working hard for something or we're always just wanting somebody to give us something instead of actually trying to work for it. Not saying everybody wants something given to them, but a lot of people do want shit handed to them. But it's also like, you know, uh, you know how, the, how we have all those Haitians right now at the border? Like There's like thousands of them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, well, if we let them in here, what are they going to do? And somebody said, well, you know what they're going to do? They're gonna Same do, thing that Europeans they, They're going to do. They're going to do every single job that you're not doing, that you can't fill right now. They're going to take those jobs at McDonald's. They're going to take those jobs at Target. Making fifteen dollars an hour and making so much money as a family that they they're going to be set for the rest of their lives. Well, that's the thing I don't understand about the whole border shit. It's a man-made, invisible line. I mean, who owns fucking land? Like, 
some guy was like, hey, I can make a visible line to tell you you can't come here without this type of paperwork. It's like, bitch, like if beginning of the time there was nothing like that. It was just somebody did it and then everybody's just kept following suit with it. So I don't know. I don't understand why people are so anti other people coming to another country when the people that are here came to another country, somebody else's country or other land, you know, we're all immigrants. It's, it's true though. What you said about all these fast food places and restaurants, they're having to alter their hours because they don't have enough people working, Mm -hmm. you know, it's most restaurants now are closing certain days or certain hours because nobody's going and applying. Which I get it. If you're getting paid shit, you're like, well, well, one of our, yeah, you're right. One of our friends, uh, he's a GM of a, of a bar restaurant here in town. And we're, this was like three months or four, maybe, maybe, maybe it was the springtime. We were talking to him, me and Tony were, and you know, this is when we like, well, they were fixing to start reopening and stuff like that. I think they had just reopened everything had just reopened up, you know? And, um, he was telling me, he was telling us when we were talking about it, he's like, yeah, we don't pay our Entry level cooks less than thirteen or fourteen dollars an hour. When he told me that, I was blown away because that's a, usually they're making like an eight nine dollars an hour. And he's like, "Yeah, uh, I would never. That's, that's just not livable wage to me. Like you know, and if they want more hours, they can get more hours because you know somebody always needs off or someone's sick. You know, you know they want it, they can come and get it. And he's telling me this, and like then that, and then that's exactly how you should be wrong. But then then you have places. That are still trying to, oh, no one wants to work and this. They're bitching, but they're still trying to pay $9 an hour to somebody working 40 hours with them, with no insurance. I get it. I, get, I, get, I understand. When, you, when it comes to benefits and stuff like that, it's a, little, it's a different world because that shit costs a lot, right? But, you know, unless you're a big company, you're really not going to be able to afford it or a really established company. Like, I don't see many restaurants affording it, you know? But the people that own um, Majestic, they 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 provide healthcare and insurance and 401k to their entire staff right so it's not it's not that it's not avail not um something that can happen you just have to figure out a way you have to get you have to get in front of the people that can set you, set your company up for these things like they said like the kind of things you know like when i just signed up for 401k through my job the people at John Hancock were so happy because now they're using my money, right? To make more money for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were my sister-in-law set it up for me. But, like, I got a phone call right away just making sure this is what I wanted it to do. You know, this is how much I want to take out. This is how much I wanted to do this with. And I was like, yeah, this is this is everything I want to do. And and they're like, oh, okay, well, thank you. We're just making sure this wasn't a mistake, you know, because now they're going to take my, just like our banks do. They take our all our money and they make, they make a shitload of money, right? Yeah, I know that I'm not you know going to pretend I'm an expert on any kind of economy stuff, but I will say that when I was in um, London, I got strep throat and I walked into a pharmacy and they checked me out and gave me medicine. I was like, took my wallet out. They're like, it's free. Mm. I was like, it's just you're not used to that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Wow. When when you guys went to um, Tijuana, is that where they do the ayahuasca thing? No, that's in no, that's they, like Tulum, I, right? No, or, they do it. Like, I I know they do DMT in Tulum, but I know the one that our friend went to was in uh, Cancun. Yeah, but so this is I didn't talk about it last week, but last Saturday 
well, prior to that, my buddy had hit me up and he's like, hey, man, do you want to do ayahuasca? And I'm like, sure, you know, because I've done DMT. I told you I did DMT. And he's like, what day do you want to do it, on Thursday or Saturday? And I was going to something on Thursday, so I was like, I can't do it Thursday, but I can do it Saturday. Well, then I saw he was out of town, and then I was like, oh, I guess it's not going to happen. And then when I well, I messaged him on Saturday, and I was like, hey, are you still wanting to do it? And he's like, oh, yeah, we can do it. And then he's like, oh, I kind of don't want to go because I just got back in town and drinking and all this sort of shit. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. And then with a guy that was hosting that event hit me up. He called me when we went to go look at the shirts that day, oh, last yeah. Saturday. And uh, he's like, are you going to come out to my house and do it? And I'm like, oh, man. Okay. I was like, yeah, I'll, sure, I'll come out there. So he, like, lives far away or whatever. So I ended up doing it last Saturday. Oh, wow. And so I get out to the, the place. It's, like, two hours away from Memphis or whatever. It's, like, a far away. Get out there. There's probably like 17 of us, including the shaman and like the three spiritual guides that are there too. And so the whole time before I go, I, I'm just hearing about everybody else's experiences. Like, cause you know, Nick talked about on here how like he vomited and all that sort of shit. Then another buddy of mine told me like when he does it, he purges out of his butt. Like he shits a lot. Mm. So it's like, I was thinking like, what kind of experience am I going to have? You're going to shit? You're going you're gonna to shit and throw up at yeah. the same time. And then, you know, like I was thinking like, maybe I'm going to cry a bunch, you know, and, and, uh, cause like everything online I've always heard is very violent, you know, reactions people have to it. And then I was thinking like, what kind of stuff is going to come up? Like, am I going to think about, because I've had a roommate that passed away. I was like, is he going to come up? And then all this other stuff. And like, so then as soon as I get there, I go in, take my shoes off. We're in this room and we're all on the like concrete floor. That's the way to have it set up. Like I said, there's 17 of us and I have a pallet. I'm on my pallet. And then the shaman starts telling, you know, like kind of the ritual stuff of what's going to happen. And they're like. Did you do any research about ayahuasca before you came? And I'm like, yes. You know, I looked on YouTube and, you know, I've had friends that did it. And he's like, well, everything you heard is not going to be your experience because everybody's experience is different. So that was kind of like easing of the mind. It wasn't like I was a scared, but it's just like kind of the unknown. Right. And once you kind of realize that you don't have control over it, that's another thing, too. Because like I said, I was always thinking like what I'm going to see and what I'm going to experience. So they do this thing where the shaman, he, you know, goes through the whole spiritual thing. And then they tell you they're going to blow this like uh, it's like tobacco because they say ayahuasca is feminine. So they need something masculine to go with it. So they take this. I don't know what kind of uh, tobacco. It's not like smoking tobacco or like tobacco we have here. It's different. But anyways, they they take this this like uh, pipe and they put it up your nose and then they blow the. Uh, the tobacco in your nose, and then you're supposed to exhale out your mouth. It felt like you're snorting chlorine. It burned so fucking bad, and they have to do it out two uh, both nostrils. So I was like, "Fuck!" So like, and, like smoking a cigarette, like. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you. But it, you're not putting in your mouth. You put it, they blow it in your nose, and you oh. exhale it out your mouth. Oh wow! Yeah, and so that they did that, and then I remember going back to my little palate thing, and I felt high. Like, I was like this buzz, you know, like I was buzzing. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a wild ride. You know, if this is starting out, this is the first thing. So then everybody around the circle, they went around the circle, and everybody did the their uh, cup of ayahuasca. 
and it got to my turn. So, and I remember hearing it taste like shit, like really bad. So I go up there and I drink it and it, I, I remember tasting it and I was like, this doesn't taste too bad. I mean, it's not something I want to drink every day, but I remember like feeling like it kind of tasted like a, like beef broth to me. Mm-hmm. Nick said to him, it tastes like beets. So anyways, I drink it and I go back to my thing. And so I'm waiting. Cause like I said, I, I still had this, you know, idea of what everybody else told me. And I remember Nick saying he saw this light, like a, like a Tinkerbell kind of thing. And so I'm sitting there with my eyes open and I'm like, I'm not seeing anything. Like what the fuck's going on? And then I'm waiting for me to start vomiting, you know, cause, cause I figured I would vomit. Cause you know, you're, st- I did feel my stomach kind of rumbling a little bit. Cause when I ate it or drank it, cause I didn't eat anything before. Cause I remember when Nick told me about it last time, the guy that, set it up had sent us a thing and said you're not supposed to eat a couple hours before you go or whatever and so i'm sitting there and then i remember reading that it's kind of like dmt and i know when i did dmt i remember i had to close my eyes to see the visuals so then i close my eyes and i start seeing like art kind of like what i did when i saw when i did dmt and then i because like i said there's a room full of people so everybody's having a different experience this one lady before we started, I remember her saying that she was going to cry because, you know, they did a ceremony before that prior Thursday and I, she started crying like she said she was. And then there was other people that were kind of just they start vomiting. And I was like, oh, man, like I thought it was like going to be a circle thing. Like it just going to eventually come around <laughs> to me. Yeah. Uh, I never end up vomiting at all. And but I remember, like I said, the. The visuals were just kind of like the DMT thing. And I remember seeing like everybody said, you're going to see Mother Ayahuasca. And I was like, I'm not seeing this lady, you know, like, I guess I'm just going to have the visual part of it. And then they say it takes like 15 minutes to an hour to fully kick in. And around, I don't, I don't have a concept of time because I didn't look at my phone, but I'm assuming it would probably be in about like 30 to 45 minutes. And I remember looking up because I had my eyes closed. I remember looking up and this green stuff was falling down over me, kind of like the Matrix green, you know, oh, the lights yeah. on the Matrix. And that was falling over me. And then I remember feeling like something engulfed me, like somebody was hugging me. And then I felt like myself lifting up and I felt warm. And then I'm assuming that was a mother ayahuasca. She never like introduced herself to me or talked to me or anything like that. I remember going up and like I said, I thought I was going to see my roommate and some other people which I never saw him, but I saw this friend of mine that had killed himself probably about 10 years ago now. And I saw him, but it was weird because I see this, it says JW, his name was Jim Walton. And I was telling Raul a story about him earlier that day. And, uh, Oh yeah. I remember the story (laughs) and I see him, but it's, it's not him, but it is him. It's weird because he kind of looked like, like a Deadpool. It was like red and black. I remember everything was red and black and it had JW behind him. And he was like on like a trading card thing. And I remember communicating him with him, like not verbally, but in the in the dream state, I guess, communicating with him. And I remember telling him, I'm sorry. And it's not like I'm sorry that I did anything to, to him, but that he wasn't here anymore. Right. And it wasn't he he never actually verbally said anything to me because I've heard people say they've had conversations with people like they hear their voices. But I never heard a voice. But I just remember like it was kind of like understood that everything was okay. And then he went away. And then I remember um, seeing like 
something come up that kind of looked like my grandmother and my grandmother died. This is my mom's. I mean, my dad's mom. She died my senior year of high school. And I wasn't close to her or anything like that at all. But I remember seeing her and then she kind of just never fully appeared. And then this is a weird thing. Like, so I'm, I'm this whole time I got my eyes closed during this whole this whole experience. And I feel something at the foot of my bed, like where I'm laying. And I was like, what the fuck? Is there a dog in here? And so I opened my eyes and some people had come down to where I was at and they were like at my feet. And then like when I tried to close black close my eyes to go back to the grandmother she was just gone and then uh i remember like saying to mother ayahuasca like come back come back come back and she never came back and so uh after that i never experienced the mother like the feeling of warmth ever again i still kept the visuals for like maybe a couple of hours i think it lasts about six hours total the dmt when i did dmt was probably like five to 15 minutes it was like a quick trip you know like it wasn't like how long this is and like I could have like the thing I loved about DMT and ayahuasca is once your eyes are open, you still can function. Right. You know, you're not like when you smoke weed, it's kind of like you're always in that funk until it, you know, it, it wears off. Like, I love this, that that part of it, like you can kind of still have some control over your body. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the weirdest things I experienced. And like I said, I'm not going to talk a lot about the other people's experiences, what I mean, I saw a lot of stuff that was wild, but uh, I will say that like my favorite part of the whole experience was not even my part with my friend and you know possibly seeing my grandmother. My part where they do like a the closing ceremony, we went outside and we're sitting around the fire pit, and we're out like in the middle of nowhere. So like I'm looking up and it's nighttime and it's close to like four o'clock in the morning by the time this happened. And you can see like the stars and shit because you're out in the country and you forget all that shit when you're living in the city. Right. And the people were like, we got to the part where they're like, hey, we're going to throw our uh, stuff we want to let go in the fire. So basically everybody goes around, talks about their experience and then what they want to get rid of. And there's so many people, man, that are hurting this fucking world that it you. that's what they always say. You should always be kind to everybody because you never know what somebody's going through. Yeah. And there were some people that were just how they felt about themselves and and how they are feeling at peace from doing this medicine. And that to me like was the my favorite part of the experience. Yeah. It was it was just seeing how it affected other people and made other people feel like a calmness. That's what I love about ayahuasca. That's so powerful, man. I mean like I didn't know until now that you had done it. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just like there's study after study. Even John Hopkins is doing studies now that show, um, you know, psychedelics can have amazing therapeutic effects, mm-hmm. like for past trauma, uh, whatever, PTSD. Yeah. And hopefully, and it seems like it will be more and more uh, used as medicine. Mm-hmm. Because, so, like, I've even seen, like, mushrooms are really good for that, like, even just microdosing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like, I don't understand. Well, I think a part of it, obviously, is these people are making so much shit money off uh, medicine, you know, pharmaceuticals right, and stuff yeah. like that. So they don't want this this stuff to Natural come into, sequence. you know, come into play. But, yeah, I mean, like, just hearing how people have felt healed, you know, like people have beaten addiction from drinking this medicine is is just 
beyond me, man. Like once I heard that, I was like, this everything else I did was worth that, you right. know, that that part of it. Uh, there's a really good book called how to change your mind. And it's all about psychedelics and just the use of it for medicine. And they mentioned in there that in the sixties, the government was actually studying it like they are today Mm. for medicine. And because of Timothy Leary kind of creating a subculture thing with it. Yeah. That's why they axed it. And that's Uh. why they were like, all right, well enough's enough. And they like, they had all these studies shown that it helped with quitting smoking and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it was very promising. And then once it became, I guess, like part of the hippie movement, mm-hmm. that's when they ended it. Mm. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, like I said, the visuals are cool, but to hear, to hear how it helped, it's helping people that are hurting to me. That's the beautiful thing about it. You know, like, absolutely. Like that to me is something I think everybody should, that it, before you put something on somebody that's going to make them their dick not work anymore or, you know, lose their hair or all these other side effects, let them try something that's natural. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, there's so much I, for the reasons you said, it's like, if they can't make money off of something that's natural, mm-hmm. they're going to just be like, well, it's not FDA approved and it's yeah. not whatever, you, you know, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. So your friend, 15 years ago or so, mm-hmm. you and I were at um, Flying Saucer in Cordova. And I think it was your roommate at the time. He was, he had just really gotten into like the whole PUA thing. Yeah. Is it that guy? That's not, that's the one I thought I would see him. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the one I, I was expecting to see now. And see, that's the thing about that guy. When he started doing like mushrooms and stuff, like he got into mushrooms. I remember him talking to me about it. He's like, hey, I'm going to start growing these. You have a problem. And it was his house. Like, what can I fucking say? And I was like, no, you can do whatever you want to do. And then he got into that. And then his dad, Matthew Spiel, lived across the street from us. Dad wanted to fuck the girl. And (laughs) fucking weirdo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so anyways, long story short, Josh ended up getting uh, a felony because the guy that across the street asked Josh to sell him the mushroom. Josh said, no, I won't sell them to you. I'll teach you how to grow them. He taught him how to grow them. Then the guy was selling him, sold him to an undercover cop. The guy came back and rolled on Josh because they were like, well, who's your dealer or whatever? And he rolled on Josh. I was coming back from Nashville. I was with men. We were coming, mm, back, yeah. coming back to Nashville. And I had a dog at the time. His name was Deeds. And he was in the cage in my room. And I get a phone call. And they're like, your roommate's under arrest. And you need to come get your dog or we're going to take him to the pound or some shit like that. And I'm like, what, what's going on? They're like, we can't tell you. So I get there. I pull up. I see. I remember seeing like one of the cops was wearing Josh's sombrero. He had like the sombrero he got when he went down to Mexico. They wanted to search my car. So they searched my car. Josh had told him the whole time that I had nothing to do, with, which was lucky for me because I could have went to jail, you know, just being in the house with him. I go inside the house. It looked like it was we'd been robbed. Like everything was on the floor. They went to my room, threw everything on the in my drawers and everything on my closet. And then he was in jail. And then uh, he finally beat that. And then he got mesothelioma and, and died. Oh, That's wow. how he ended up dying. Jesus. But the whole thing with the psychedelics, though, like I think that kind of did open his mind up because when I first met Josh, I met him through my friend Turnage, and he was like just to kind of just wanted to be at home, didn't want to do anything. And then he kind of met some other people. He met those people. And then I think, I really think that that, that mushrooms like expounded his mind. Yeah. You know? 
And like I said, I didn't I didn't try mushrooms till last year. Like I oh, didn't wow. smoke weed for the first time till like maybe 2018, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's when we were eating the that's when we were eating the uh, edibles and stuff, right? Yeah. But yeah, like I, I honestly feel like when I first did mushrooms, I remember my buddy gave me some, and I did them alone in my room, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was sitting there watching like something on TV, and then because I didn't know what to expect, he just said like just take two caps, and you know you should be fine. That was too much for my first time. Excuse me, because I'm sitting there and I remember closing my eyes. And I was like, what the fuck am I seeing? I remember seeing this guy surfing this mountain. And then I just started seeing all these weird patterns and shit. And then, like, like I said, it would just be like art flashing through my eyes. And like every time I closed my eyes, I saw it. But like when my eyes are open, I didn't see anything. That's weird about the the hallucinogens. Like it, it, it affects you that way. It's not like you can. Like I'm looking at you guys right now and I see stuff behind you. You know, it's only when I close my eyes. So it's like a dream state or something i don't know what it's weird how that shit works with your brain man but well it's also like how they're using um how they're getting um mdma mm. obviously weed you know marijuana uh, as to help with P- ptsd and all kinds of stuff you know like yeah there's like we said like there's Definite research that proves these things are working for people instead of giving them some kind of pill. Yeah. That why don't we let why don't we explore it more? It's like what what you just said, or one of y'all said, that the big companies own everything, so they're not gonna let that happen, right? Well they'll but they'll the big do it companies, once they can make money off well, it. Well, that's what they're saying. Like, you know how we have like all uh, so my friend John works for this um he's the video and for, he's the video guy for a company called Fuck, it's something, I think it's called Hello Beyond or something like that. It's a cannabis company. And they have like 20 locations. He's the main guy that does all the editing and stuff like that work for them, you know? Mm -hmm. They fly all over. And eventually when those people get big enough, someone's going to buy them, right? And then so on and so forth. And eventually Philip Morris will end up buying them. And say this always will be big farmer will be back involved, right? Well, I know Philip Morris is not a pharmaceutical company, but like, you know, they own the people that own Philip Morris own I'm sure they own like companies that make pills and shit, right? Yeah. Like it's all it's all gonna be tied. Soon it's gonna be like you can go to the store, like, you know, not soon, but like maybe let's say thirty years, you can go to the store or twenty years, go to the store and buy a pack of joints already rolled up. I know you can do it like in California and stuff like that, but like you know that's gonna be nationwide. Like, hey, can I get that pack right there of that cush, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. and boom, okay, sure. Mm. But, like, everything will always be owned by the big companies, I think. Well, like, I know, like, my company I work for, I've heard that they own, like, hydroponic plants. Like, so they're already set up for when this stuff gets legalized. Yeah. And, it's and just, this is a media company that I work for. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time because Arkansas's um – Legal now, right? Mm, yeah, Arkansas is legal. There's three growers that have. There's three legal growers for the state of Arkansas that all the weed shops have to buy their weed from those three growers. So those growers are making a shitload of money. The people selling the soil are making a shitload of money. Yeah, the people the people are doing everything. You know, we have a friend that lives out in Oregon <laughs> that is, you know, uh, he has a farm. He grows. He he. Told me to invest in some kind of fertilizer a long time ago, and I never did because I was like, I don't know anything about that. And you know, because you have to have good fertilizer, yeah. Unless you do like what our other friends do here in town, you know, yeah. They um, 
They do aquaponics. They do, yeah. Is that what you said your company owns, right? Uh, they do hydro. Oh, aquaponics okay. with fish. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, we're going to have to take you out there one day when he's next time in town, if, if he as allows this, man. Like, they just have this amazing CBD f- factory thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just fucking badass. I know it's not a factory, but, you know, it's like a farm or whatever the fuck it's called. And showing us how they feed the plants is just amazing. Like, it's the fish poop. Yeah. Like you feed the fish, the fish shits, the shit goes into like this thing, and that's the water that's coming onto the plants. Really? Yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. I wonder how they figured that out. That's just insane. But the people that work for him, they're like, they're all from like out west. They're too. like, they, you know, they've been doing it for way long before we was even considered to sell CBD here in town. You know, but like, it's just. They're well-trained, experienced. They know what they're doing, you know, like, but it's just like one of those things, like, once it does become legal, I wouldn't see why he wouldn't be able to apply for a permit and get the permit, you know, like. Well, I mean, even with the way it's set up now, they found a loophole with that Delta 8. Yeah. You know, you know, because I didn't know that that was actually. Real weed. Yeah. So it has, if it only, if it has a certain amount in it, right? Like certain THC, you can sell it. Is that how the Delta Eight works? I'm not sure. I think no. I think this is like a totally different strain. So this fucking loser that was with me in the past couple of weeks at work, he's like, "That shit's not gonna get you high." I was like, "You stupid fuck! It's Delta Eight. Google it. Does mm-hmm. your little cheap phone have Google on it?" Is what I told him. I was like, "Do you want to use my phone and Google, Google it?" <laughs> and he's like, "I have an iPhone. Yeah, it's iPhone on the cricket, motherfucker." <laughs> and, you're uh, on the six, and you're talking shit. And uh, it's a seven plus. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> But, like, no, like, he, every time I said something, this kid was like, no, nah, that's not high. I was like, dude, I'm telling you, you get high off Delta 8. You know how I know? My friend brought, bought one at the Fest, the 420 Fest, and he was fucked up for, like, five hours after it. Yeah. He bought, like, a gummy or edible or something. He bought some kind of edible, and it was fucking wasted forever. Yeah, I don't know if it, if it somehow converts when you eat it or something or exactly how it yeah i've heard that edibles like your body breaks it down differently so you'll have a different reaction than actually smoking it so yeah i because I, i've known like we've smoked before and then we've ate an, an edible and eating it definitely makes me more fucked up yeah i remember we went to the bluff one night and we're like hey go get the gummy because we did a bunch of gummies at that Concert. I can't remember when to go see. We went to uh, Minglewood for a show, and we already had. We didn't buy them there. We already had them, right? And we started eating them. And our friend that's with us, she's like, "I want some." So we gave her some, and you know. So then we drive to Bluff, and uh, like, all right, let's go to Bluff. You know, that's fine because you know when I was on that, I really didn't eat them much that much before. You know, so I didn't. I only had a couple beers. You know, I was like, I don't want to mix the two. And like, we end up going to Bluff. Now I'm just. You know, we're sitting at the bar, fucking, this sucks. I was like, you look at the time, it's only like 1130. I'm thinking it's like five in the morning, you know, like, so he's like, I was like, I was like, did you bring the cookie in here? He's like, no, it's in the car. So he go, I was like, go get it. I think I want to go, you want to go, you go, right? He brings it back in there. We're sitting at the bar, we're opening up this fucking cookie, like where everyone can see. (laughs) It it has melted a little bit in the car because it was so hot, right? So like now he's giving me pieces and it's like all stuck to his hand and shit. He's giving me, I'm eating it. Dude, we get so fucked up. It's ridiculous. Like, we were driving back. He was driving. I thought he was driving super fast, and he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on, man? It was like, I did not like that experience. And then I remember coming back, and I remember, like, hearing my laugh 
Like I had a different laugh in my head than what I normally feel like I laugh when I was like super high. It was like, oh my God, I got to go lay down. It was too much. (laughs) So would you ever do ayahuasca? You know, I think that it has so many benefits. I would like to do it the way you did it. Yeah. Towards an actual, um, like a ceremony. Yeah. Like, I think that's the way to do it, you know? And yeah, I mean, I think it big part of me would be scared. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause it's just like, it seems so daunting that it's like six hours or yeah. whatever, but just the amount of like healing that can come from it. I think that, yeah, I think that it would, it could be really good. And like I said, the whole thing like kind of was like easing of the mind, I guess you can say when they just like my experience won't be like your experience or the person next to me. So it's like, it's kind of like, you're just kind of, it's like that thing from a uh, fight club where they let go of the wheel in mm-hmm. the car and then just the car just take, obviously they crash in the car. That's not a good example. Yeah. I was like, did it, did the car crash? Like, yeah. So, um, at the end of the ceremony, what did, what did you let go? Oh, my, uh, oh, that's what you say. Like everyone lets go yeah, of something. Yeah. yeah. My thing was that telling people more of how you feel about people. Cause I remember seeing something earlier in the week. And it was like, they were talking to, I think this guy was talking to um, Alan Iverson. And the guy was talking about how Alan Iverson, I guess, I don't know the whole context of the story, but the guy was like, we just lost Kobe. We don't need to lose you. And the guy was like, I want to give you your flowers while you can smell them. And that was the whole thing, like telling people what, how you feel about them when they're here. Because usually, usually you only hear good stuff about people is when they're dead or right. something like that. And the best thing that I think I need to work on is Cause like we have a friend and Raul's friend thinks I hated him and I don't know where this came from, but I've heard that before from a lot of people. It's just my demeanor mm-hmm. comes off. Have you met of. yourself? <laughs> I mean, sorry, like, have you met yourself? But like, if I don't know somebody that well, I usually don't talk to him a bunch and I, you know, I know the guy, but I mean, I'm not like close to him and like he took it as me not liking him, I guess, because I didn't, you know, communicate enough with him and that's my thing i think i need to work on like telling people like if i think something good about them how i feel about them tony doesn't like me (laughs) yeah you know how many times i hear that at least every time we meet new people yeah uh, does he not like us or something like why are you always over here talking to us he's just sitting over there being a weirdo i'm like oh he likes you knowing damn well he doesn't like him sometimes so sometimes he doesn't like my thing like i'm not gonna waste time with people i don't care about like you know like I'm not going to, I know my time is precious. So, but I think like what people, it's more what people like I care about telling them more, not just some random fucking person. Well, I think that's the thing, man, is like, I think that's a great takeaway because it's the ego death that comes with psychedelics mm. that you face things that you wouldn't otherwise face. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, some of the realizations that people have had, I mean, I, I knew a guy that was in the most, toxic relationship I've ever seen. Nothing that this person did to him would be enough for him to leave them. Yeah. And one mushroom trip and the next day they're just like, they left that person and they wow. never went back. And they, they're just like, they basically said that it was what would seem like common sense stuff, but when his ego was up, he couldn't accept it. Mm. And then he just, he had to see it as it was and totally Totally different person after yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's crazy that a plant can affect you that much. But so, do what? Not good. But yeah, I just think that like I wish more people could experience it because sometimes like 
I remember Nick saying it to me. He's like, it's like before I, d- I did it, he was trying to tell me some of the stuff that he experienced. And like I said, it is his his journey, which is not mine. But trying to tell somebody because once I did like DMT and I've done ayahuasca, like some of the experiences are the same. But it's like if I were trying to talk to somebody that hasn't seen color and try to explain color to them, you know, they're not going to be able to relate until they experience that same journey. I talked to a, a psychiatrist and I brought up the psychedelics, two different psychiatrists, and they both said that they 100% believe that it's going to be the future of uh, people healing trauma mm. and people overcoming certain things. And they think it's just a matter of time before more places are doing what John Hopkins research is showing, yeah. of how beneficial it can be. And obviously certain people, if you have, you shouldn't, you know, before a certain age, you have to make sure you don't have certain conditions and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a healthy, mentally healthy person, you don't have a schizophrenia in your family or something, it can be, life-changing yeah you know you know i read something this morning it was a meme it said uh oh wait what do you mean the eight-year-old at school for eight hours isn't sitting still oh yeah let's give him let's give him medicine for adhd done mm-hmm. next kate next next kid oh same problem next you know it's like it's we keep on coming back to this is everyone is because the doctor if he prescribes a certain type of adhd medicine whatever the script is he writes he's getting a kickback from that pharmaceutical companies for writing that right it's right. just like it might not be the best one or maybe the best either way he's getting paid right? right but like and then you know i we have a friend that he he was going through a lot of shit like a year and a half ago and he was going through it he was going to a therapist as well and um one of the, th- one, the the therapist was like well i want you to start taking these pills and he told me about it and i was like Dude, you really want to take, you know, it's like anti-depression pills. Like, uh, I, I don't know the names. I can't like remember. SSRI or Yeah, something. stuff like that. You know, like uh, Zola, Pro, something, you know, whatever they are. And I was like, dude, do you really want to start, do you really want to be on these pills and stuff? He's like, no, but that's what she says might help me. I was like, okay, how about this? Take them, but if it doesn't help you, you know, it takes two weeks for the thing to be in your system. So you may, you may take it for two and he, he took it for a day or two. He's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. I was like, good, because you don't need to be taking that shit. You know, like, I know that's what she wanted you to start because nothing else is helping you. Her coaching is not helping or anything. And not coaching, but her, her therapies, the therapy y'all doing is not helping. But like, and then, you know, just, he ended up getting better without all that. And so, you know, it's always the pills things the pills should be the last resort i guess you know not the first answer like for the for that pit that meme thing i read earlier you know right. I was like i mean i think some people do need the pill obviously but i don't think like you're i guess what you're trying to say is they shouldn't just push it as the, the first resort well i don't think it was see it was she, she no i'm not saying oh, him, oh, just okay. in general, oh yeah you know yeah i know when i was like 12 or 13 i got sent to uh, like a child psychiatrist, whatever, and they want to put me on, uh, I don't remember if it was Adderall or Ritalin, whatever it was. But at the time, I was like really into like the punk movement and the straight edge movement. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm straight edge. I'm not taking anything. Like, look back now, I'm glad that I didn't. Yeah. But that was pretty much their first thing. And it's funny because they thought I had OCD and ADD, whatever. But, you know, if you as a kid get strep throat, it can trigger OCD, but it's mm. temporary. I forgot the name of it. It's a really weird name, hmm. but they'll think that you have OCD and you do, but it's only triggered by 
strep throat, and then it goes away. Wow. It's so weird. I can't remember the name of it, some weird name, but. The brain is a funny thing, man. It's like, especially like when it comes to depression and stuff like that, it's like the thing that telling you that you're supposed to be okay can tell you you're fucked up. Yeah. And it's like, how do you tell yourself to tell yourself you're okay? Yeah, right. You know? Because it can be like your best friend, your worst enemy. Yeah. Like I know some guys that for all intent and purposes should not be doing well with uh, with women, mm. but they kill it because they just have this inner confidence. Mm. And then you see some guys that should, they have everything going for them, but it's like they, they don't. Yeah. And it's just like, but it's all in that mindset. Yeah. You know, I saw something the other day that this guy, it was like, it was talking about picking up women or whatever. And he said that this guy was like, you should be, uh, I think it's NPG. Is that what they call it in games? Like, a, you're not like a real player. You're just like a background player or whatever. Oh, non-playable character. Yeah. NPC. NPC. Yeah. And he said, like, if you pretend everybody's an NPC and you're the main character, then you probably can accomplish a lot of shit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of times with people, especially when it comes to women, a lot of men are like always putting themselves down. They think this woman is so much better than them. But like. If you think about like this on a, a human level, they shit and piss just yeah. like all of us do, you know? Like, <laughs> right. So it's not saying you should put yourself above them, but you just think you're on the same playing field. Right. Right. Know? And that's the thing, man. It's like, I know that your buddy from years ago, he was into that uh, pickup community. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And oh. It, and <laughs> obviously, some of that stuff can be like over the top and yeah. toxic and sexist, but the basic tenets of it is just like, self uh self image and improving yourself mm. and just having the self belief that you're good enough you know what i mean like yeah. if, if you look at it on that level it's some some of it's really powerful stuff yeah you know? yeah like i i don't i don't agree with how they used to do like the avatar shit where you put like funny hats right. on and stuff like that <laughs> i remember the peacock, that the peacock yeah oh dude but the thing is like with that it can work for a guy if he can pull it off Mm-hmm. If you don't have the confidence to pull it off, it's like if you're an actor. Like we've been watching a lot of shitty movies, and oh, like, man. you know, you watch somebody read uh, uh, read lines of a movie, and if they're not a good actor, it comes off as forced and fake. And it's the same thing with that pickup artist stuff. Like if you're not confident enough to to recite what you're hearing or been taught, it's not going to come off as authentic. Well, right. Also, it depends one hundred percent of what you look like too. So that's what you were talking about when you said PA. Earlier, I thought you were talking about the mushrooms with Josh. <laughs> no, because yeah, it was one of you. I forgot. He, yeah, that's exactly. He was the same guy. Because I remember it was funny. We we're sitting there, and it was at ke- Fox and Hound. I remember, right? He kept talking about it, and there was a group of girls at the table over, and you're like, "Hey, man, you're like, you keep talking that shit. Why don't you go pick those girls up?" <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I funny that though night. because he went and talked to him, and he brought him back to yeah. the table. So yeah, yeah, because so it was around the time I think that was probably 2006 when like. That TV show was yes. out and yeah. the game. The book what was, was it out. called? The, oh, Pickup Artist. Pick yeah. Artist. Because I bought you that book. Did it you? It looks like a Bible. Oh, the What'd game. What'd you do with it? Uh, Neil Strauss wrote yeah. it. Yeah. I literally just bought you the book like last year, man. Oh, it's got to be in my area. Somewhere. It's a really good book. Yeah. Uh, he wrote another book that I read a couple years ago called The Truth. Mm. And it's about how he got in a relationship, but he was so used to like game and just picking up women, oh, he couldn't settle. And I so he you. broke up with a girl and he goes into like the whole world of uh, like he has like a whole harem of women living with him in a house. 
It, it's, it's really interesting because it gets really chaotic. Really? And somebody tries to like kill him at one point. Oh, shit. And eventually he kind of comes back at the end and he marries the girl that he left. Because uh. he was like, after a certain point, he craved companionship more than like the chase, I guess. Yeah. But it was interesting just to see like he went from that game book to the one called The Truth. And which I think that they actually got divorced, oh, but yeah. <laughs> it, it ended with a, like, the book ended with like a happy ending, yeah. I guess, but I don't think it lasted. Yeah. I really, I honestly believe what that is true though. Like if you, if you believe in yourself, you can accomplish a lot of shit, mm-hmm. not just, not just what women, but just anything. Like if you believe it, you really can achieve a lot of shit. Right. So that self-belief. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Because it's like in a weird way, like not to get like too mystical or whatever, but it's just like you pretty much manifest, you know, your beliefs become reality. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, uh, like you create your own reality, you know, and it's like whatever you believe in a way is real to yeah. you. It's real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I've, I've seen like a lot of people talk about how like they'll, they'll basically fake the funk until they get to where they want to be. Mm. You know, like some people will they'll dress a certain way to get to uh, a certain level. And if you have other people believing it and you believe it, then it'll probably eventually happen if you keep working at it. Right. And you never know who, like when you're doing something, who you're inspiring to like his whole journey that he's doing right now with his like challenges and stuff like that. I've seen people comment on his shit and it's just like, you know, you're putting that, that, that energy out there. And then that energy is infectious for other people. And like when you, when you start showing you care about yourself and you're more comp, you feel you got to feel more confident. And then that everybody you know, kind of feeds off that shit too. Austin mentioned you the other day because he was like, dude, like the amount of changes he's made in such a short time and the discipline to keep doing it. I mean, it really is like you might not realize it, but it's motivating to a lot of people. You know, like because it's hard to fucking do that, especially. Oh yeah, it definitely is. Thank you. Like it's easy to be comfortable. Say- yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you know, I have a lot of people that, well, not a lot of people. So one of my buddies is like, I'm going to start Heart 25. And he keeps on posting day one, Heart 25. I was like, all right, man, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, you like beer just like I do. And you're probably not going to succeed at this because you are, you know, you're big in Tiger football. You're big at tailgating. You're big at barbecues. You know, like, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to do it, just just do 75 days straight or something. Just leave because when you get to day five or six and it's weekend time and it's time for you to go out to that your friend's you know barbecue or whatever or the tire game, you you and I both know you're not going to make it. I was like, that's the reason I didn't put no alcohol on myself with this shit. Now, even though I don't drink as near as much as I used to, but if like when we went out, when was it last weekend? Oh, sorry, last Saturday. Where, where did I text you at and say I was? Uh, you went to the strip club, right? That was Saturday, like before. That was Saturday before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, oh, oh. It was the Wiseacre Oktoberfest. Mm. You know, I, I wasn't going right. to go there and to fucking drink water. You know, like, I just, I was like, fuck it. I'll go have some beers. Uh, drink some beers. But, you know, if I was doing this hard, I can't drink and shit, I wouldn't have gone. Mm. Right. And so, yeah. you know, it's like, because I knew I'm not going to, not going to enjoy myself just Doing exactly that, you know, nothing. Just- well, I think that's the thing about hard 75 is supposed to be hard. So you're supposed to be able to go out in real world and have adversity and then keep your mental toughness. Right. Right. You know, like that's the thing with that program. But, um, you know, like I said, I mean. Because the only, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. The only thing that's hard to me on all the list thing of hard 75 would be the no alcohol. Like, 
Yeah, granted, if this if I did it back March of twenty twenty, for those thirty five days, it would I would have been done because we didn't go anywhere, right? Because COVID was popping really hard and everything, you know, people were dying, all you know, everyone was dying, and shit. But like, I just know me, and I would I've gone as far as day sixteen, and I did go out twice uh, those days. But like, you know, it's fun to have a beer with your friends, you know. Right. So like, that's what I was just trying to tell him. I was like, you know, it's gonna be hard for you. So like, he decided. He's like, no, no, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Now I see that he's going to tonight is his birthday. Today's his birthday. They're going to a couple bars downtown and stuff like that. I was like, so you didn't even try. Like, right. You said you were gonna do it, but you didn't even try, you know. But um, but my but my pupil, my star, good job, baby. Keep it up. Is she doing hard 75? No. Oh, what her challenge? Her challenges. She um so she texted me, we texted us yesterday with the other. She told me since she started chatting with me. Uh, like three, four months ago now, I think it's been like we've just been talking to each other, you know, like on, um, she has stopped smoking. She doesn't drink, but maybe one bottle the entire week now, like of wine. Mm. Um, um, and she just, she's healthier. She's fitter. She just, she's just feeling love again, life again. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, look at, uh, Sam, like yeah so impressive. oh yeah man when we first met him he was heavier and then i remember he just like had a huge transformation yeah and it's he gained some back for a while but then he lost it all again That's like awesome. he's in now he's in great shape and he's um yeah just always inspiring somebody can do that because it's hard to lose like 10 pounds yeah you know what i mean and like to do 100 pounds that's mm. fucking crazy it's like that guy that uh was it drew the fit to fat guy Drew Manning. Yeah, yeah, like he was a trainer and he was like, I don't understand why my clients are having these problems. And then he gained a shit ton of weight and then he lost it. And he, you know, like documented his whole process and then he did it again. And he's like, I see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, like I understand their struggles. I understand like why they can't do a certain thing that I'm able to do because I'm physically fit. And then the last time he did it, he's older. I think he was going through some like uh, relationship problems too, so he started using food for comfort. You got divorced, yeah, and then like he's like, okay, now I really understand like where this food problem comes from. Because like we have a friend of ours that like he's always talking about how he wants to do shit, and I'm like, man, just fucking do it, man. Like, like at what point do you have to something bad happen to you before you realize that you know that you need to take your health into consideration, right? And like I said, it's it's. One of those things where I'm not in his shoes, so I don't know what mentally he's possibly dealing with, you know. And it's always out. It's always easier on the outside looking in to be like, just fucking do it, man. But I think at the end of the day, you, I can want something for somebody, but they have to want it for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I've had a few friends um, die from heroin in the past like ten years. Mm. It's one of those things, man. It's just like I mean, it hit hit it everywhere hard, but hit Memphis pretty hard. Yeah. And especially people from the music scene that just like, I guess, idolize certain musicians mm-hmm. and they thought like, well, my song around get better or whatever. But it's just you, you can tell them how much potential they have and how much they have to live for. And yeah. they, but unless they really want it, you know, just like they're not going to change. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad, man. Like when you, you want to want to pull somebody in and, and just shake them and be like, just do this, just do this. And like you said, uh, you can't, you can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. Yeah. You know, that's the sad part of life is like, you can't control the uncontrollable. Right. 
This is off topic, but is that a is that a Trump Buddha right there? <laughs> yeah, uh, Raul bought that for me. <laughs> That's funny. I like all these different Buddhas, and there's the Trump <laughs> one over there. Yeah, these are actually Josh's right here. These two. Uh, but yeah, then Raul's like, I got something for you, and then I was like, What the fuck is this? Oh yeah, <laughs> I bought something else for him, but it never showed up. It's been like a year. Well, what, does he know what it is? Have you told him? No, but oh, I mean, like, okay. I, I honestly forgot about it. Until you, I just remember about that. It was like this Lanson. It was not a Lanson, but it's like a light for like his desk over there. Uh, but it's like a skull. Yeah. Well, mm. it's like I was like I saw it on Instagram ad. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's probably like this big only though in the real life, you know. But like, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I got it's never. I fucking never got it. I don't, yeah, I love skulls. I don't know where it started, man. Like, I just have an obsession with them. Me too, man. It's um. I, I mean, guess, we all have one, so maybe right. this is part of it, too, but yeah. I guess, like, horror movies and stuff, too, as a kid, like... So, when did you start getting tattoos? When was your first... Do you remember your first one? I was or actually... how old you, were I was you? At, Yeah, I was a little bit older. It was my 22nd birthday. It was the first time I got one, so... What was it, or where did you get I, it? I got at? these eagles on my chest was the first thing, and, like, the first several were hidden, mm. um, and then I think when I met you guys, I just had... Uh, like half sleeves. Mm. And then as soon as I got this skull skeleton guy on my forearm, yeah. that's when I was like, well, I might as well go all the way now. So is your like back completely done and everything? Mm. Oh, man. I, all I, man, I got like one spot on my upper thigh left and then like my neck, and that's pretty much it. Would you ever do your neck? If I get to the point to where I'm fully working for myself, yeah. Mm. I don't think I'll do the throat, yeah. but I would do like each side okay. of the neck. Because I know, uh, do you know Eubank? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I talked to him one time and he was like, he wanted to get like a neck piece or something. And he said he had like a, a figure that he wanted to have like in his bank account before he took that plunge. Right. And I saw now he's got like, I'm on both sides of his neck. He's oh, got, does he? Yeah. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in shit. A year and a half probably. Well, I haven't seen him in person. Last time I saw him when I was at his party, but this is after he had that party. But I saw on Instagram, he's got, he's got the shit on his neck now. Yeah, I think that's the main holdback for most people is that unless you work a job where you're like an electrician or something where it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. it's it's a money thing and a job thing. Because I think in, you know, California probably doesn't matter as much. Yeah. But, yeah, certain jobs are just automatically not going to hire you or whatever. Do you feel like people think of you as a certain way because of your tattoos? Or do you think maybe when we first met you, or do you think it's like still like that now? I think since I have a bunch of skulls and stuff, yeah. people probably think like, oh, he's like weird or dark or whatever. Yeah. And even though I would like to shave my head, I don't because the one time I did it, I totally look like a fucking scary brotherhood uh -huh. guy yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think though that like me teaching yoga and having tattoos is, mm -hmm. is cool just because it's different and it kind of shows people like you're not necessarily like, a, you know, a hard ass or something mm. just because you have but looking at you don't go over that guy he's gonna fuck you up just leave him alone well i thing, think you know? maybe the tattoo stigma is attached to maybe like people in prison mm. you know like a lot of like hardened criminals i think back in the day but i you know like you see some girls like now are like tatted up completely yeah and i think it is changing a little bit you know like there are people like you'll see like somebody's mom has tattoos now right you know it's not as bad but yeah, like, cause we know a guy, he's a chef downtown and he's all tatted up too. And he had like a shaved head and stuff. And you look at him and you'd be like, oh, okay. That guy's like a, 
like a tough guy, you know. Yeah, don't fuck with that guy. But then you talk to him, just like you, you're like the nicest person in the world, you know. So that's why they say you shouldn't judge somebody just because of the way they're looking. You right. Know? Yeah, because I think it's um, it's surprising, though, man, because sometimes it'd be like a really old lady. Like I was at a, what's that coffee place downtown? Uh, Vice and Virtue. Mm. And this older lady kept looking at me. She's probably like 65. And then she finally came up to me. She's like, I just want to say I'm an artist and I love all your tattoos. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that was a, I thought you were looking at me because you thought I was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, so what you were saying about earlier about jobs and stuff with the mm-hmm. tattoos and stuff, you know, like um, I follow this doctor on Instagram and um, she's like 29 or 30 years old. And uh, she's fully just like you, you know, but um, her neck's not done, you know, so, but like, when, and she didn't hide it through medical school or anything. When people are like, when they go see her in her in her practice, wherever she works, like, oh, you're my doctor? Like, no. I, so she's always making videos about, like, how people judge her. But then they end up loving her once they get to know her and stuff like that, you know. Or right. she'll, make a, she'll make a TikTok video and share it on her Instagram being like, how often do you get judged? People, how often do people not believe that you're a doctor because of it? You know, it's kind of stupid, you know. And then... And then you have like these pictures I see on Instagram all the time because I'd be sending my friend uh, tattooed girls on Instagram all the time, like big titty girls with tats and like all, really incredible women. And I, in my feed, I see and sometimes when I'm searching through them, you know, like the, the, there'll be pictures of like they'll say like there'll be a picture of you, but it'll be a picture of you uh, on one side like fully clothed, you know, but on the right side it'd be just have like your boxes on or something and it's like they'll mesh them together. And it's like, it's the same person. Stop, yeah. stop judging them because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and like it, this one guy, the one, one particular one I saw was the guy was a doctor. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know? And like, it's like, who cares anymore? Like, it's not, you know, but then it was going to say not like the, thir- like the early hun- 1900s or, you know, or thirties, forties, fifties, all those people had tattoos too. Like, so like, yeah. you know, I think, um, one thing that is strange is that especially like really young people, they get their faces and necks and hands tattooed first. Mm. And it used to be like, you did that last. Like yeah. when you were yeah. in out of space and like Eubank said, when you get to a certain point. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like, I've seen so many guys that have like face tattoos and hardly anything else on them. I guess they just really wanted, I don't know. I mean, maybe to them, it's a way to be like, well, I'm going to have to achieve what I want to achieve or mm. something. So, but yeah, cause the face tattoo thing has really uh, taken off <laughs> the past few years. Yeah. Like post Malone, you know, like, cause that's where I kind of got the idea with the, uh, our names being on the shirt. Right. Yeah. Oh, the shirt. I forgot. He's got the name. Yeah. What does his name say? I don't know what his says, but uh-huh. I just like this, the way the script looked. That's why I was telling your buddy and I was like, Hey, can you do this? And he's like, sure. Yeah, his I think Post Malone says always tired oh, under his eyes, okay. which is funny. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, it is funny how like we have these, you know, preconceptions of what people are just because of the way they look, and it's like we shouldn't do that, man. Yeah, I mean it's because it's just too easy to like whether it's a job or a race or a tattoo to just be like immediately come to some kind of conclusion in your head that yeah. is a conclusion you made up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So funny how we, we as people are, man, and what we, what we put on somebody else. It's like, usually like they say, it's your insecurities you usually put on somebody else. Right. So it's something inside yourself that you are afraid of or whatever that you have this phobia of people. Right. It's a reflection yeah. of 
your inner demon. Yeah. You know. So the ones by his eyes, like you were right, it says always on one side, attired on the other side. Yeah. And the one above his eyebrow says stay away. Mm. <laughs> like, this is, you know, it's like, I don't know. Which one of your tattoos means the most to you? Or did you ask that when I'm about to um, This one on my thumb. So this is this knife. My friend I was telling you about earlier, his name was Mitchell. He he died last year, and he made knives. Like, it was his side job, but he was getting so good at it that he was almost to the point where he's going to be able to quit his day job and wow. just sell knives. He was like, you know, as far as Instagram, he was getting a lot of traction and stuff and selling stuff. Like, some big artists, like music artists, would trade him some you know, uh, really cool memorabilia for his, his knives. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Like some people he really was into like neurosis and different really cool bands. But, um, anyways, I was the best man in his wedding and to be his best man to get, he made me like a knife Mm. for like a thank you. Yeah. And so I got that knife like tattooed on me for like a reminder of him. So that's awesome. It's like the smallest one I have, but it's also probably the most, it is like the most important one I have. The only gifts I've gotten when I've been waiting is a fucking flask. What the <laughs> fuck? I want a fucking knife. <laughs> Can we talk about your music? Yeah, yeah. So how's that been going? You know, last year when everything happened, just like with everybody else, everything changed. Mm-hmm. And um, like, with, like with most people, it was like pretty depressing year. Yeah. And uh, we didn't really do much, man. It was like we kind of figured like, well, what's the point? Because we can't tour and stuff like that. Yeah. So I got really into yoga and that kind of became like my outlet whenever music was. And we're still playing and we're still like, we wrote, uh, we put an EP out recently. Um, one of the songs on there is about our friend Mitchell. Mm. Uh, and yeah, we're still doing it, but it's one of those things that we're all in our thirties. So it's just kind of like, well, we're still always going to play because we love it. Yeah. But trying to can like convince people like, Hey, come see my band. Mm. <laughs> it's like, we're all kind of like past, like, you know, passing out flyers and trying to convince people to come see your show. You know, do you wish social media and how people can put out their own music was around when you first started? Yeah. Because Back before, like when we first started, it was the only thing we really was MySpace. Mm-hmm. And really it was even before that when we started. And it was just basically like you would just put flyers all around town. Yeah. And then, you know, just touring and stuff was tough because you'd have to like call people on their phone to be like, hey, uh, you want to do a show swap and whatever. And now it's just like, it's really good for these. It's really cool for these young bands because it's so easy to find somebody similar to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's easier when you're 21 to like sleep on floors and make that yeah. sacrifice. Um, but for them, it's like, yeah, they can meet people all across the nation with like a hashtag, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. The internet, man, has changed the game for a lot of fucking shit, man. It's just like, like even this dumb shit we're doing, it's like people have heard me and him and now you in places that we've never been. Right. You know, it's just weird to think about how the internet has just changed the game for everything. Yeah. And I I think most of it's positive. Yeah. You know, obviously it's the drawbacks is that people you've never met can like ruin your day. Yeah. (laughs) By talking shit, you know? And, uh, but, but like I said, when we go back to what we talked about earlier, that's something inside them. 
Right. You know, they hate themselves, so they want to make somebody else feel like shit. Yeah, to take that time to type some mean shit to somebody. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) and they do it anonymously usually, too. And it's just like, if you got, like, I guarantee you, if they came out with, I remember seeing something on TikTok. I don't know if it's true or not, but they said that they were able to tell who talks shit. Mm -hmm. Like, if you were able to know who's going to, you're talking shit to, or is talking shit to you, I don't think these people were going to say it. Yeah, they would be so much nicer. Yeah. (laughs) They said the internet has created a lot of bullies because they don't get punched in the mouth. Right, yeah. And they just let that aggression out. And some of them, it's just like, they they get addicted to that negative feedback loop of just talking shit and just being mean and yeah. being, being as like edgy as they can. Cause I've seen like some people like famous people will be like, they'll have thousands of people or millions to depend on how big of they are say so many positive things. And then that one person says something negative to them and that's what sticks with them. Yeah. And then sometimes they'll say something back to the person and the person's like, Oh, I didn't think you would respond. I love you. So they just said that shitty stuff to get a reaction. Yeah. And that's like, how do you make friends that way, man? We know it's interesting too, man, because I've noticed like different podcasts or YouTube videos. It seems like for the most part, people respond to the negative person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's like on some level, they know like, this is how I'll get a response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sad, man. Like, like you need to get people in your corner that are better to tell you that's not okay. Like right. I don't want to be friends with somebody that leaves a negative comment on YouTube, right? <laughs> or like leaves a thumbs down. Like I, I, I thumbsed up shit before, and if I don't like something, I'm not gonna you yeah, know leave a thumbs down. It. Like why? You know, like I'm not gonna take time out of my day to shit on somebody else. I'm a big believer in that saying of like you're the sum total of your five closest friends or whatever. Yeah. And it's like if you hang around super negative people. That's just going to rub off. Yeah. You know, and that's why it sucks, man. But as we get older, there's like certain friends that maybe we love and care about that. It's like, fuck, I can't really be around you too much. I love this Gary V thing. He's like, drop your one loser friend. Mm-hmm. Like that really is true though. Cause like you're saying, it's that crabs in a bucket mentality. Like if somebody only wants to bring you on down on their level instead of like, you know, lifting everybody up. Right. You know, it's like you want to be monkeys in a barrel instead of crabs in a bucket. Right. You know, what's one of those things, man, too, that's like you guys have been so supportive of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I'll be supportive of what you're doing. And it's it's fucking hard. Like, I know y'all, you have to buy this equipment. You yeah. have to take the time. You have to think about doing it. And when you have people appreciate it, it, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. And then to have like, yeah. And then to have like that one person that's just like, oh, you know, your shit sucks or whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, usually it's people that aren't trying to do something that exactly. are critiquing somebody else. Yeah. You know, it's like I saw this thing. It was like it was a guy. He was like out of shape. It was like a joke video, but it was an out of shape guy. And he's like talking shit about some football player dropped something. He's like, you fucking suck. And he's like putting Cheetos. in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) it's like, you know, that's why I really don't like watching. I mean, I'll watch my Chiefs, you know, on TV when I'm, you know, but like stuff like that or Tigers play. But like, I, I can't watch like the next on Monday when all the sportscasters are going over stuff and like everyone's posting on Facebook about can't believe you missed that field goal. There's only 25 yards. Have you ever tried to kick a field goal <laughs> with everybody trying to block your uh, 11 players trying to block your, your field goal with the win, with the crowd or whatever? No, you haven't. Right. So the best is they did they uh, this bar. I forget the name of the bar, but it was up north somewhere. They set up a little field goal thing in their back, the backyard. I mean, not the backyard, but like the back of their parking lot. And they set it up for like 15 yards or 20 yards. Nobody could make the field goal 
Finally, mm-hmm. one guy made a field goal. But like, did he play football like growing up? Probably or more than likely, right? Yeah. But like, I mean, these guys were just shanking it left and right. Man, I was like, see this, and that's and, and that's kind of talking, like you always have these people like, oh, I could have caught that, or you know, but dude, no, you couldn't have. You're 35 years old and 400 pounds. What are you yeah. talking about? You know, like this guy is a pro athlete making a mistake. Or right. I don't want to say dropping a pass is a mistake, you know, because this shit happens. Just right? human. Yeah, because. Because, like, I think it was Tom Brady or maybe been, uh, who was, yeah, Tom Brady or Brett Favre or somebody like that. They were like, like what, how mad do you get? They asked in the interview, like, how mad do you get when one of your receivers drops a ball, like, easily caught ball? I was like, who was it easy to? Right. You or me or him? Like, obviously, it wasn't as easy as we thought it was because he dropped it. Mm-hmm. So, you're not out there. Right. We're out there. Like, you know, like, he's like, he's like, I think it was Tom Brady because he gets really defensive by his teammates. And um, they, he was like, did we win the game? He, okay, then. What difference does it make? Yeah, it's like, like you were saying, like, if somebody's got experience doing something, if they've tried to do something and see how hard it is, they're much less likely to talk shit. You know, it's like, what do you really get out of being negative and talking shit to somebody? Yeah. So there's this one guy that keeps on doing this to my friend Haley. Exactly what you just said. He'll she'll make a she'll take a picture or watch and post it. You know, hey, this is what I did today. I'm so really pumped about it. I'm I'm proud of myself. He'll get on there and he'll be like, "Oh, you only walk sixteen thousand. I walk I walk fifty thousand steps a day." And now she sent this to me, and I'm like thinking in my head, fifty thousand steps a day is thirty three miles because I just googled it right, roughly mm-hmm. how much. And I was like, if that guy is walking thirty three miles a day. He'd be, he'd He's be dead. Moses. He'd be Moses. Yeah. I was like, I was like, Haley, I was like, Haley, the most I ever walked was like 30, 32,000. I did it twice. And dude, that was me walking like all day and all night pretty much. Is the he, guy in good shape? No, he's, he's really, he's not, he's not fat, fat, but he's not in good shape. Mm. He's not walking 20,000 steps a day. Okay. Not, not less 50,000 steps a day. No. And she said it bothers her when he does that to her on her, on her, on her feed. But then so he'll, why don't she just block him? Well, then he'll delete it really quick. And, oh, you know, good job, good job. Or delete his comment. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just kidding. Good job. But, you know, this is how much I walk. Like, no, dude, you don't walk that much. Yeah. Nobody's walking that much. And why do you need to one-up somebody? And even if you did, why would, why would you need to one-up somebody? Yeah, I, so I told her, I was like, don't even worry about that fucking loser because he's not doing shit. I guarantee you he may have hit 50,000 steps once in his life. And good for him. Right. But I promise you. He is not doing that every single day. Well, you know, her posting that, or y'all doing a podcast, or whatever, it takes vulnerability to do that. And for people just to, like, shit on it, it's like, well, it's clear to me that you've never... Like, you ever read that Tools of Titans book by Tim Ferriss? Mm -mm. It's awesome. It's really good. But there's one quote in there that says, like, um, uh, like... Do nothing, say nothing, be nothing or something. Mm. It's basically just like most people, they would rather not take a chance. Yeah. Because they don't have like the chance of like it failing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Or the people who just don't take a chance and they talk to shit to people that do. Yeah. Like they always say like Michael Jordan's not on fucking YouTube leaving shitty comments to people. Right. You know, he's definitely definitely talked shit to people because we've heard his stories about that. But like it's in the competition. Right. It's not just some random fucking person doing something. Right. I mean, because, like, you have the time in your day just to stop and 
talk shit yeah. on, online. Well, 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 now what I like a lot now is on like, um, it's like on Instagram, like a girl will post a picture of herself and some, some, somebody will comment on there like, Oh, you're not that hot anyways or whatever. And like, I love how now they're starting to call these people out, like these trolls out. And then mm. like, you know, all everyone else starts berating the troll too, you know, or whatever, not berating, but like, dude, why would we say that? Fuck it. You know, she's, she's up here doing this. It's her fucking page. You have to come to her page. Right. Right. So it's like, and now they're, a lot of these people are starting to, a lot of these people are trying to call these people out before they just used to not even look at the comments probably, or they would just not even say anything. But now, now it's like a big movement with um, a lot of these chicks on Instagram to do like to call these guys out and stuff. Yeah. I mean, some people that's, that is their satisfaction in life is just talking shit and being trolls or whatever. And it's a waste of energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't subscribe to that where you just try to make somebody feel bad about something, you know, like it's just, to me, it's just pointless. Mm. There's other stuff I could be doing than comment on somebody's Instagram or Facebook post and to make them feel bad. Right. It's like, why I've told him about this. Like he used to get into it. People I'm like, why man? Like, don't do it. Just leave it alone, man. Like, okay, look, I posted a picture on, was it Thursday or Wednesday? It said, um, it was like it had yeah i'll show you the picture let me find it really fast i mean to me it was funny as shit right but dude some one of my friends i've known for like 25 years he's like you know you're always posting stuff about white people and you could be considered a racist i'm being serious like you may want to stop posting about us against us like this i'm like what are you talking oh, about was what was the picture yeah like i'm looking at like tyranny oh yeah like, like this is it oh <laughs> yeah right yeah like so i posted it and dude the comments started and i knew it was going to trigger this one guy and i knew he was going to post on it right but it went it would and then i knew well i was pretty confident that my friend Wes was going to come and back me up right because he's that kind of guy and every time this one guy said dale said something Wes would come no that's you're, you're so fucking stupid where do you get your facts from man like, this is not true at all. Like, you know, I'm giving you Google answer question to your questions. And so then my friend, one of my friends was like, yeah, you know, all you do is po- I can go through your feed and find it. I was like, okay, couldn't do it, man. Like, and then one of them, the same guy was like, so I'm sorry, not the same, but the guy that called it, I could be considered a racist, you know, if, if people thought they only th- saw that. I was like. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. And he's like, you know, if your job saw you post this, you probably you could probably lose your job because I see people get fired for less. I'm Did like, you tell him you're a trust fund baby. I said, I said, <laughs> I go, I go, I go. So I said, him, I didn't even respond to that. I was like, oh, okay, well, my boss is my friend on Facebook, so there's that. So it's probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only thing I'm, I didn't tell him this, but we all know when I got the job. When I got the job, the the, the caveat was he was like, hey, I just need you to do one thing for me. And I was like, what's that? He, and I'm thinking that he's like, because, you know, he's known me for a long time. He's like, you know, just no more bullshit memes, no more, you know, because, you know, you're representing Budweiser now. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, but he's like, I just don't want you posting about cocaine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, if you could do that, you have the job. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. Because, you know, there for a while, I was I was posting like four or five co- good good ass funny cocaine memes like a day. Mm. And uh, he's like, yeah, because, you know, you have a friend. He was telling me this. He's like, we have 
you have a friend on your friends list that doesn't like it and he's very high up in the company. Oh, okay. And so I'm just, you know, so I'm like, all right, fine. Well, you know, I had a friend of mine that um, was a police officer and he would always look at negative police videos and comments. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and get himself worked up. I'm like, why even look at it, man? Like if it, if it disturbs you and it, you know, hurts you to see it, don't look at it. Yeah. You don't have to like search it out and look at it. I mean, I don't know. It's just like that to bring that negative energy, whatever it is into your life when you don't have to, Yeah, you know, you're causing problems that aren't needed to be there. Yeah. It's just like, we just don't look at it. Like, yeah. Well, cause you know, like for every pro, every pro, whatever, like say pro police page, there's going to be an anti-police page for every right. pro podcast page. It's going to be like, Oh, we need to go back to, radio or whatever the fuck was before pop you know mm-hmm. like shit like that it's just always going to be like a yin and a yang right there's, yeah. there's always going to be the positive of everything we're doing and then some people are always going to find as mm-hmm. you say that, i'm looking at your logo is that what that is yeah it's like yeah. a little wolf yin yang thing ah that's fucking cool you man. never noticed that no yeah yin yeah yang. it's like the idea of like the the kettlebells being kind of like the the tension part of it and the or the you know, the hard part and then the yoga being like the relaxation. Dude, I love art, man. Like, and now I'm like, that's all I can see now is the fucking, and there's this girl that, uh, I don't know how I became friends with her, but she's uh, like an MMA fighter down in Atlanta and we're friends on Instagram. And I posted the picture of your, or I think it was a, the video I took. No, it was a picture because the, the logo's on the back of the shirt and the skeleton, the skeleton. And she has that same skeleton tattooed on her arm. I saw her comment on that. Yeah. Uh, I think, man, it's so weird. I think she's friends with my friend Sammy, and I met her at the boxing gym, like, man, probably six years ago. Oh, wow. Because I think she dated a friend of mine's friend, and then my buddy Sammy was just friends with her. Oh, okay. Uh, Small world? Yeah, because I remember, like, she was like, <clears throat> she said she was a fighter. Or yeah. So it's got to be the same girl. It looks like her. Yeah, that's crazy, man. But yeah, that picture's from this old... um statue of buddha fasting oh okay and then my friend aaron the same guy that did your design he just like added a little bit and he took like the halo behind his head and just turned into the kettlebell or whatever that's legit man that guy's talented man your friend he is man like ever since we were kids like he's he's from turkey and he came to the u.s because they have a lottery to come to the u.s in turkey Mm. so him and his he was like you know a kid at the time 12 or whatever 10 uh, his family moved here, and I met him in high school, and he's just always been an awesome artist. Like, he would draw, like, characters of us that were just hilarious. Mm. Like, he drew one of me one time, and I, I don't remember if I had, like, a tiny penis and big balls <laughs> or, or tiny balls and big penis. One of them, but it's just funny. It was like this. And he was just – he's always been an awesome artist. And, yeah. like, musician, too. He's one of those people that he's doing what he should be doing. He should be doing some kind of art because he has so much creativity uh, Rami, when we're done, I'll show you this video he made. He makes like little videos that are half animation, half real videos. Mm-hmm. And it's just fucking impressive. Like, it's like effortless to him. Yeah, I, I love the fact that like I told him my idea and then he was able to replicate it. Right. Like something that was in my head, he put on paper. Right. You know, like that's so cool, man. Like how we were able to transfer like ideas and then he was like able to like put it to a T. Exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, he's just like he just has that gift that he should not be working doing anything else. Yeah, you know, it's just like 
Yeah. He was always like the most talented of us as kids. Like even like playing music, it's like he wasn't even that many bands, but he could just write songs and do stuff. There's like, that's so much better than anything we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not even trying, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because he told me something about music, and I meant to email him back because I want to get like an intro and outro music to see maybe if he can do something with that. Oh yeah, he's I'm yeah he's he's great. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, and there's some other shirts. I'm starting to think like I want to do shirts, like maybe start selling shirts. Yeah, because I have some other ideas, not just for link up related, just church in general. Like, would you have a like a Etsy store instead? Like, would we get a printed year like we did? What is this we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he told me that earlier too. It's us. It's always going to be us. Oh uh, god! But yeah, I have a shirt about coattail riding. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know, there's a, uh, uh, I think it's called. There's some site that you send the design you want, and they'll actually sell the shirts for you. you oh shit! Really? Yeah, I didn't do it with the ones I made because if you don't make them exactly right, you don't get a test one. Mm. And whatever you send them is what they're going to print. And okay. if it's like slightly off center, you're kind of fucked. Oh, I got you. But if you know for sure the exact dimensions and all that, they'll take a cut of it, but they print them on demand and then ship them. Yeah. Cause like the logo that I got for that him to do was really originally just for the shirts. Excuse me. And then I saw how good it looked and I was like, fuck man. Like I had the original podcast logo I got for like 50 bucks off fucking Fiverr. Fiverr, you know, because mm. this one guy had told he taught me he's like fifteen hundred bucks. I'm like, I'm not gonna pay you fifteen hundred wow. bucks. For yeah, that, and then our friend, she said, was like three grand or something like that. Who? Uh, the sisters, Cynthia. No, no, Cynthia's sister. This was no, this was that was way before. Uh, no, I know. I'm oh, talking about when I originally started Link Up. Yeah, oh, like she yeah, was, she, yeah, she, yeah, was yeah. she was like, oh yeah, I could do that for three grand. Yeah, and then I'm she like, showed wow. me like she sent me some samples of what she had been working on, and I was like. This looks like fucking clip art. <laughs> yeah, like, it's what like, the fuck is this shit, man? But yeah, like that guy, is, that your buddy is talented, man. Like that is some legit shit. But yeah, like I, I think I really want to start doing shirts, start selling some shirts. I have some Memphis idea shirts I want to sell. Yeah, I think on some of that stuff, man, if you get some cool shirts and it's just, it's pretty effortless if you have them sell it on that one of those sites. Mm. You just, you come up with the design and they, they handle the rest of it. So yeah. like kind of like, I, I like that shirt. Buy it, and then they print it right then, and mm-hmm. they mail it out they for you? print it on demand. Because I have a friend of mine in Denver that he sells, like, he's like a musician, whatever, and he says all of his merch now, it's print on demand. So he doesn't have to, like— So he doesn't keep a warehouse yeah. full of shit. Oh, that's smart, man. And yet, You know, that was—I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, they take, oh, they take a cut, but it's really not that significant of a cut. Well, well it's kind of like OnlyFans. Well, you know, they have all the service, and then you, you give them a fee of whatever your idea is. That's fucking legit. Because I guess that's kind of like when we went to uh, Venice Beach— and you know they print the shirt as you oh order yeah it, so know? like yeah it was pretty cool like you he has, look on the wall and then they'll take out you the know, design him. and the guy was like well what do you want it to say and I was like this is what I want to say and you know it ended up being like three hundred dollars later but she <laughs> well, got, not for just one well no I had like what four or five right because yeah. I bought some magnets and all kinds of other shit I just think how much that cost him that probably cost him not even five ten dollars well I'm sorry the hoodies probably cost him a little bit but like you know like well I mean if you buy the shirts in bulk yeah right you know. But, like, the whole thing is that he can put any of those things on that board on that shirt. Yeah. You, if Instead one of, of us, just having a bunch of, like, yeah, you know, Jared's shirt or our shirt or whatever. It's, like, 100% customizable. Yeah. So, so I guess it's not, like, a screen. It's, like, a, a printer that does it, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I had a screen press. Me and Eric bought one 
shit, 15 years ago. And I'll, I'll just make my uh, band shirts with them and stuff. But you were pretty much limited to one color. Oh, okay. Because once you started like stacking them, yeah. it got pretty tough to do. It was easy to fuck it up because it'd be like, you have to have it lined up perfectly to do it. Well, that's all I was telling Tony. So Tony wanted us, Tony wanted us to order the, the stencil from like, the company, you know? But I was like, and we was, Brad bought a machine. We have it in our, in our, in our laundry. It's like a heat press, right? Like, mm-hmm. So we just press them. But I was telling him, like, man, if we are off center on one shirt or anything, like if we don't have the, logo, the, the, the heat press exactly right, times however we decide to do it at a time, it's going to look funky. So I was like, fuck it, we'll just buy them. And then, you know, just whatever they cost, we'll just set them a little bit above that to make the money back and just put the money back into the link up. Like, I have a funny story about a shirt. So Sam, years ago, one of his, he doesn't care if I tell the story because he's he'll tell himself, but ex-girlfriend of his, of his, when he was asleep, she put like her foot up to his face like he was kissing her foot and like posted online. Mm-hmm. And I guess... She took it down pretty quickly, but not before me and Eric screenshotted it. <laughs> and so we made a T-shirt with that on, with that on there, and it said like something stupid, like Toe Jam Sam or something. <laughs> so I had a friend that was in from Florida that Sam had never met, and I had him wear the shirt into Sam's work. <laughs> and he kept going up to Sam, asking him questions, and he had like a little hidden camera thing too. Yeah. Like a t- like a <laughs> and Sam never noticed. And finally, finally the guy called me, goes, man, I've been to him three times, asking him questions, and he hasn't noticed yet. I was like, well, just go up to him and like point it out. <laughs> so he went up to him and he was like, hey, by the way, man, is, is this you? And the first thing Sam said, he's like, oh, some, some Jared shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's an awesome guy, man. So how did the how did the yoga come about and the kettlebell work? Um, man, last year honestly was just fucking depressing for me. Like went through a bunch of shit, and it was like part of my outlet was like to be able to go to the gym, and everything was closed. Mm. And um, uh, y'all know Boba, yeah. yeah. But Boba got me into kettlebells because he's from Eastern Europe, and they're they're big there. So I had some kettlebells and I started doing that at the house and it was great. But I was like, man, I need something like, like that's gas. I need like some break, something to like relax. And I uh, started going to a yoga studio. Like they finally opened back up last October and I started going every single day, like a hot yoga. And uh, I was just, man, just like nothing helped with my stress and sleep and stuff more than yoga. Wow. And I never thought, I would be into it. I thought like, cause somebody recommended trying it for stress and I was like, well, whatever, it's not going to do anything. And they had like a two week introductory thing for new students. And I just like didn't stop going after that. And then it got to a point where I was working. I had a day shift for the first time in 10 years. And I was like, well, I'm actually awake during the day, like a normal person. Let me do this yoga school. And then let me do this strong first kettlebell certification and uh, I just did them both pretty much back to back. Um, yoga was first and, the, and then the kettlebell one was a few months later. And I was just like two things I love that don't require much equipment and I think can help people, you know, get in shape, but also if they don't have much room, they can, they don't need much. Yeah. One, one kettlebell, you can do what you need to do. So it's, how did you start the class? Like how did that all come about? Um, the, the kettlebell one was 
strong first was just like I was reading a lot of their books and trying to do their style of kettlebell stuff. Uh, it was just really like the premier name with kettlebells. Mm-hmm. And I saw that they were doing a school uh, in Chicago. And I was like, mm. I was like, man, I got like, at the time it was six months. I was like, I got six months to get ready for it. Cause it was fucking hard. It was really hard. And they have like on average, like a 30 or 40% failure rate. Oh, the wow. School. Really? And, um, yeah, I just trained for it every week for six months. And then, yeah, I just went and did it. And, uh, when I got done, I was like, well, I want to combine these two. Like, Cause I love yoga, but honestly, I feel like me and a lot of people after 30 minutes, 45 minutes, they're kind of bored with yoga mm-hmm. and with kettlebells, you don't need more than 20 or 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of combined them together that way. Uh, um, cause Robin and Nikki do nine one kettlebell club. They wanted me to do a class and I was like, well, let me do one. That's a combo. And mm-hmm. they liked the idea. And I think my first one was only a few people. You were the first one, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just been cool, man, because people have been pretty regularly coming. And uh, I honestly hate public speaking. Yeah. But it's a way for me to, like, challenge myself to, like, overcome that. If I just immerse myself and I have to do it every week, I'll eventually, like, will lose that phobia for it. Mm -hmm. And it's started to happen. That's awesome. When, How many people were in the first class, would you say? Or how did you find the people or how did they find you? It's like, it's my real question. So the first one was really just friends and some of the people that Robin and Nikki from, uh, not only kettlebell club told about it. Okay. So it was like seven or eight people. It was 4th of July weekend was the first one. So I was yeah. like, well, you know, it's a busy weekend. And then there's just been a few like Raul's coolest shit about bringing people. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, uh, different people that come that are regulars that bring their friends mm, and it's just been word really, of mouth. Yeah. It's been really cool. Yeah. Cause it's just been like the, the regulars almost always bring a friend and sometimes those people come once, but sometimes they become regulars themselves. So was the nine one kettlebell, has that been around a while or is that fairly new? Two years. Well, I was talking to Jared. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, uh, Cause my bad there's, there's only a few people that are strong first, instructors and Robin and Nikki are both. Uh, so they started it mm-hmm. and um, I went to one of their classes at the time. They're holding it over in park and it was just like an outdoor oh, outside? thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then around the time that I started doing stuff with them is whenever they got the, the rec room oh, okay. to do it at. Cause I've seen, I don't know where people are doing yoga. I know it's not kettlebell, but I, they've been doing it at the park. Have you ever been down there for that? Like by the, the river, one, the one downtown yeah, yeah on the river. Um, yeah, there's one that I think it's, it's pretty cool. I think there's once a week where they do a free one, mm-hmm. like in the, that park that's right at like uh front and, um, Madison or front and Adams maybe. Okay. And then they're, they're doing one now also at Martyrs Park. Like I taught one last Saturday at Martyr Park. Okay. Cause um, I know our buddy Colin told us they were doing it at. No, Colin didn't tell me, but I saw that it was at his place. It was at uh, where's Laughlin Yard. Uh, I don't know if you know Roderick, Roger Call. Uh, we're friends on Instagram, I think, but I I don't think I've ever actually met him. What he, they do? They do it. At well, Laughlin. I don't know if they're still doing it, but he I saw him post that he was mm. down there for one of the classes, like a, a yoga class. Well, there's a girl that's a great yoga teacher uh, named Mary Patrick. That oh yeah, at, we know her. Okay, she yeah. works at Laughlin. She's, okay, she was one of my first teachers because I was going to Mind Body House and. 
all their teachers are awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, she works there, so I'm sure that's probably part of her doing Ah, okay, thing. okay. So what is the goal with the kettlebell and yoga, like Zen kettlebell? What's the next move with it? I would love to be able to do it more days a week. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I would love, the, the main goal is to be able to do it four or five days a week, because right now it's just once a week, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool because it's new and it's less writing I have to do and stuff. But I would love to do a thing for first responders, okay. like police, fire, EMTs. Like, I'm just such a big believer in the the stress part of it. Yeah, that I think it's it would help a lot of people. There's a lot of you know traumatic stuff that first responders see. That if I could somehow work with the city, and even if it's like once a week, yeah, you know, I would love to get that point to where uh, recruits people on the job and I think there'd be less incidents. Mm -hmm. I think if people knew how to just breathe and just take a minute and take a pause and to be mindful and to meditate, there wouldn't be, there'd be less incidents, Mm. you know, there'd be like less incidents on the job, but also less incidents of like suicide and excessive drinking and all the shit people do to deal with it. Yeah. And I know like, uh, uh, Damien's always talking about like breathing is one of the best things you can do to like set your, so just center yourself. Like if you're in a stressful situation, right? Because like you know, some people like start hyperventilating and they lose control of that. But if you can control your breathing, that's everything. I mean, we're not going to be alive without breathing, right? So if you control your breathing, that's that's interesting. Well, they showed one thing that supposedly most of the studies show the best breath pattern to just calm yourself down is two quick inhales. And then one mm. long exhale through the mouth. Wow. Like a lot of the neuroscience shows that for whatever reason, that particular, I mean, all breathing patterns are of just slowing your breath is great for mindfulness. And, but that for whatever reason is one that really seems to uh, return you to baseline. Really? It's just funny. Cause there's all this free shit that you yeah. can do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, again, I'm like you, like I think some people need medicine, but for the average person that maybe they don't, if they would take a moment just to breathe and mm-hmm. reset, it can make a huge difference. Yeah. You know, maybe you could even do like a nonprofit or something. You can turn. Oh yeah. Into, you I know, mean, especially if you're mentally helping out people. I mean, I would, I would love that because it's something that I think would have much wider reaching, um, you know, past just the individual. Yeah. You know, it's like, to impact the community. Yeah. You know. I mean, basically you're you're combining the yoga and uh kettlebell. That's like a brand. Like 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 Zen Kettlebell is definitely your brand. Like you're going to associate kettlebell and yoga with Zen Kettlebell. Yeah, and cuz I had never heard of people doing kettlebell let alone doing yoga with it. Yeah, I mean it's I know that I'm the only person in the tri-state area that does both. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody else does it somewhere else, I haven't heard of it, but uh, yeah, I just, all the bullshit from last year, I'm grateful for because I found these two things that really helped me mm-hmm. that I think can help other people. Yeah. It's a pay it forward, man. Like something that you, you found like a, uh, like a medicine essentially. And you're putting it out there for the world. Like you're Jonas salt and not the guy that did the polio or whatever uh, vaccine. Oh yeah. You know, like you're, you're helping other people out with something that you discovered and that's 
fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I would, I would just love to see, yeah, first responders because there's just so much, so much fucking division. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like most of us can find common ground if we really just sit and talk. Yeah, and it's like if I could find a way to just give free classes to where opposing people could just do a class and maybe hang out and talk. Yeah. Or even just, you know, have it free for um, whoever wants to attend. Like I'd love to do that like once a month, just have a, a free class. And yeah, just, you never know like how it's going to impact. Do somebody. you have like a lot of your stuff? Like, do you have uh like, do you do like, I guess like, Vignettes or little videos that you can post like on TikTok or Instagram, like of you doing moves so people like abroad or like outside of Memphis can see it. I I need to do that. Yeah. Um, I bought a camera, a pretty good Sony camera, and I made one the other day actually that I sent to Robin and Nikki. That's just like a kettlebell complex I came up with, but I need to do one that is even if it's a short like twenty minute video, just like here's a ten minute kettlebell followed by a ten minute yoga thing you can do. Yeah. Cause I know, like a lot of people, probably find that on YouTube. Cause, like, I love looking at YouTube how to figure out. I mean, that's how I did figure all this shit out. Like, I watch you. Oh, I mean, I, my buddy Dan, he he does a podcast with his wife, or his wife has a podcast and he runs it. So he answered a lot of questions. But as far as like the intricate stuff, as far as the program and all that shit, I you know I found it on YouTube, man. Yeah, and yeah. you never know who you can reach, right? You know. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's something definitely a goal by next year to have. A channel where at least weekly I'm doing something. Yeah. And it's literally like the way they have it set up, man. I mean, they have all the hosting. All you got to do is just mm-hmm. fucking get the I, camera going. Because that workout I did, remember I told you I did that kettlebell workout yeah. here at home on YouTube? It was, you know, it was 15 minutes of pure death. But, yeah. like, I had to watch, I had to watch a minute with the commercials. Mm-hmm. So the person, God forbid. <laughs> no, I'm saying like, no, I'm saying like, so that's a revenue stream for you, oh, yeah. and, you know, because they give you money off that, don't they? Or if you have so many views, right? As, as soon as you, but like, but it's just crazy that it was available and that you, it, it's there, and it's what you're doing now too, and your channel's going to become big and everything else, you know. I think you know, I bought some lights. I think I have these exact lights that y'all have in here. Yeah, I got these off Amazon. Like the the goal for it's like kind of like what you were saying. I did get to set down some time to fucking learn the video part of it because I got the audio part down now. I know I got to do the video part, but it's just it's just like everything in life, man. It's going to sound challenging until you you know you tackle it. Because I mean, I have friends like my friend Dan. I mentioned that him and his wife do a podcast. Um, you know, he does everything for hers as far as you know the behind the scenes stuff. And he told me that it's not that bad, but it's just the point of you know buckling down to like this is what i'm gonna do so my goal for next year is to learn how to do all that yeah so we'll have all video set up next year that'd be cool because i mean it looks cool in here like i like all the the whole setup y'all yeah. have appreciate that which by the way was has that been there the whole time yeah <laughs> I, I don't know how i did not i bought that, that for him for his birthday and he never used it yeah i'm sorry I'm <laughs> fucking, fucking stupid <laughs> i mean plus everyone's touched it now like that's like a woman downtown <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even notice that until yeah. just a couple minutes ago. Tony said one day he's like, you know, I forget to put the pocket pussy up when people come to fix the house. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I forget it's there, and then they'll come in this room, and they're probably like, "What the fuck are these people doing?" So, would you have like a live stream video, or would you do it? I I guess I well, you know, he likes to run his mouth sometimes. So, 
Yeah, probably I don't know. safer. No, if, if, if it's live, I'm. Uh, oh, you think you could have like a filter? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think if uh, having a camera and yeah, I think that that'd be awesome, man. Because uh, like YouTube, like with other podcasts, it's like even if it's just a guy, even there's like nothing going on for some reason, it seems it does seem more enjoyable to be able to look at it. Like you know? I love. I love listening to podcasts, but I know if there's an, a video version, of it, I'd rather listen to that or watch that than right. listen to the, just the audio. Like mm-hmm. if I'm in the shower, I'll listen to the audio, but if I'm at my desk, I prefer to watch the video of it. There's, yeah, there's one podcast I like, and it, all it is is it's like a, a neuroscientist. It is just him sitting, talking. Mm. Like, but usually I watch it. Yeah. As opposed to just listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, there's something with the visual that we maybe are drawn to. Maybe, yeah, as I say, maybe because we're visual people. Yeah. Like, just in general. It seems like you maybe absorb it better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's something about the, the viewing the expression, I think, like, we process it. Oh, like, you know, like. Well, they say most stuff is nonverbal right. communication. So right. if you're watching somebody, like, have their how they think they look or whatever, or their hand gestures, or sometimes they'll put something up on the screen, you know, it. it I think you absorb it better when you visually see it. By the way, what are those hats y'all both have? So I bought the hat, and my head's big, so I gave him the hat, and it's an upside-down L.A. hat. And there's an actual company, which I got one coming. These are knockoffs version of it. I got these off Etsy, but there's a hat company in L.A. It's a Kill the Hype L.A., mm-hmm. and the guy, all he does is, like, he gets, like, hats, and he flips the logo upside down of L.A., so like a lot of celebrities and stuff where it's kind of like we were talking about. I saw somebody else have it. I saw this guy. I listened to his podcast. He had one on. And then I kind of just Googled and I finally found the company. But that's what it is. It's like that was that. cool looking. It sticks out. Yeah. I was wondering what it was. And then like today, he I'd never seen him wear the hat. I gave him the hat like a couple of weeks ago. And then he's like, oh, why are you wearing the same hat? I was like, bitch, I gave you the fucking hat. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's been a couple of times that Sam and I have decided to meet up somewhere and we're wearing like almost the exact same thing. I'm People like, are like, did Tony dress you? <laughs> like he he's always worried about it. like I don't care at this point. Like people are gonna say what they're gonna say. Like I I think I've told him I know I, I know I've told him before, but it kind of goes back to that hating thing. Like people usually are gonna hate because they don't have something, right? You know, if they don't have the same kind of like friendship you have with somebody else, they're gonna knock it. Yeah, you know? yeah, because like the closeness y'all have is like with me and Sam. Yeah, and it's like obviously you're gonna rub off on each other and. Well, hopefully yeah. he's better. I'm getting <laughs> less of him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I agree with what you're saying. Like, you know, it's like that iron sharpens iron or like what you were saying, like the sum of your friends. Mm-hmm. Like I told him, like some of the stuff that he would do, I'm like, man, you can't keep doing that, man. You got to, you got to level up and you got to, you know, like if all of us are trying to do some shit, you need to try to do some shit. And like what he's doing now with his body is fucking awesome yeah you know like so he's inspiring people like you were saying like what your friend said about him yeah you know so you always want to put out good in the world you want to you want to like they say you want to le- like i think john hodge said it, you when you die you want to leave the world better than when you came into it right yeah there's enough negative yeah. enough negative bullshit it's like we don't need any more negative yeah <laughs> you know like there's enough of that shit to go around but yeah i think that um you know, especially the way everything is right now, it's like when you see a friend doing something, it inspires you to do something. Like y'all doing the podcast inspires yeah. me with Zen Kettlebell, which in turn like 
will inspire another friend of ours to start. Maybe they've been wanting to do something and they've been afraid to do it. Yeah. And it's just like, just fucking do it, man. Well, like I said, your shirt inspired me to create a new logo. Yeah. And then your friend was able to do that for me. It's, it's like the butterfly effect of goodness. Right. Ex- you know? in, in, in turn, dad gets him work. Yeah. You know, and he's because he was working for a company. Now he's working for himself. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's just uh, it's like a snowball effect. Because like, then like another friend of mine was like, oh, who did your logo? And I was like, well, my buddy had a buddy. And then I sent him a thing. And he's like, I guess he might do something with your friend. So it's just like, you know, why not spread the wealth? Right. You know, and it really is like just being around people that are doing things that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. It fucking gives you energy. Yeah. You know, I never forget. I went to Eubank and, and, and Nick's house when they lived off Highland and they had a sign on their refrigerator that said those who those without goals work for those who do. And like I always say, it's not to say like if you work for somebody, you don't have goals, but Generally, somebody that has a company or has something going on, they're the, you know, the leader They're They, you know, they stuck the flag in the ground. Like they're kind of like have a passion for something. So basically the way I interpret it now is just have some kind of passion for something. It doesn't have to be, you have to own a business to be an entrepreneur, but have some fucking goals. Right. You know, it's just like with him in the weight loss thing or you and your kettlebell and, and yoga, you know, you have a goal, you had it in your mind and you put it out there to the world. Yeah. And it's know? like. And just the amount of like balance and happiness that comes from like it doesn't matter how big something gets. Obviously you strive for it to get bigger, mm-hmm. but just any kind of progress brings you happiness and motivates you to do a little bit more. Yeah. Cause I like I I follow a lot of podcast pages on Facebook and there'll be people on there who have had their podcast for five years. Excuse me, and they'll like have like a hundred people listen to their podcast, and then some people will be discouraged. But then that's a hundred people that listen to you right. that you never would have you know reached out to before before you did something, right? And so it's just, you got to look at the micro wins. You always, it don't always have to be macro. Sometimes it's micro. Like if you look at the little things and you keep just edging along, you'll eventually get to something greater, or at least you may affect somebody. That heard you, one of those hundred people, you may have changed their life or put them on a trajectory to do something, you know? So I think the, everything in life is is just looking at the little incremental little things to get to the bigger things in life. And I think, yeah, enjoy the process of yeah. doing it. Because you never, you never know something you might have said on a podcast. You might not ever know about it, but it could have, like you said, affected somebody so much that it changed the whole trajectory of their life. Yeah. It's, it's man, this world we live in and, and the way we're going through it is so fucking wild, man. Like, I think we should all just appreciate every single moment we got of it because it's, it's going to end eventually. I don't know where it's going to be on the other end, but like right now, you might as well try to do the best and try to do as most and affect people positively, like you said, while we're here. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, maybe there's something, maybe there's not, yeah. maybe this is all there is. So you might as well. Could all be a simulation. Yeah. There is there is that going around. You know. Like I said, since I've done some stuff like ayahuasca and DMT and mushrooms, I think we're all connected to something because it's it's kind of like looking at math. Like, I can do a math problem here and somebody else can do a math problem and they'll get the same answer. Like, people doing psychedelics, we all kind of have the same kind of 
similar interactions. You know, like you'll see, like I saw, like I always bring up, like there's like this human cell, and they have it magnified to like a big thing, and it's some of the stuff I see visually when um doing DMT and doing um ayahuasca. Yeah, it's the same thing that it's it it's all of us. So you know, I don't I don't know what is what, man, but I think there's more to this life than just everyday mundane bullshit. Yeah, I mean, there there has to be. Yeah, because like I said, going back to the goal thing, if if you don't have something to look forward to, what's the point of being around? Right. You know, because there's somebody that wishes they could be in our position. Right. You know. So, and I guarantee you, there's somebody that's not here anymore. As they're dying, they probably wish they could, you know, go back and do something that they didn't do. Like what we were talking about earlier, like you don't think on your deathbed, like, oh, why did I stay at that shitty job? You know? Yeah. You know, you do. You wish you would. You always have. You don't want to live this world with regrets. And it's like we talked about earlier. It's like there's somebody somewhere that's 80, 90 years old. And they're thinking, man, if I could go back to our age right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like anytime I feel like old or I feel like, uh, you know, I wish that I would have done this or that. Fuck, man. Somebody is like about to die. And they're yeah. thinking if I could go back to my 30s or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I try to tell myself that when I wake up, like, imagine that you were granted one wish and you were 90 and like you got to come back to this. Mm. And I like that. It doesn't always work sometimes. <laughs> Don't go back to sleep. But overall, it's like it's motivating usually. Yeah. So I don't want to tie you up too much, Jared. I love this conversation. What advice do you have for people? I would say just take some time to be silent and and introspective. Like there's so many distractions and sometimes you need them, but the only real growth is going to come from like being alone with yourself and being uncomfortable and letting your ego die a little bit. Yeah. Whether that's through, for some people, a psychedelics, for some people's meditation, whatever it is, just be honest with yourself and accept, accept your faults, but just don't lie to yourself because, you know, you're the only person that's going to benefit from being honest with yourself, you know? Yeah, I like that. What do you have? Oh, you go. I don't have anything. I'm trying to think something. I'm going to go back to what I said the night of the ayahuasca uh, fire ceremony about giving people their flowers while they can smell them. Like, I honestly believe that's something that I wish I would have done longer. But, you know, you can't have regrets. So all I can do is move forward. And from now on, if I think something positive about somebody or something good or how they look. Cause I know I saw this thing one time, this guy's like, I always try to compliment people on if I like something they're wearing or whatever, you know, just saying something good to somebody can change their day. And why would you not want to give somebody that gift? Right. You know? So that's my thing. What did Mark tell you? Mark didn't tell me anything. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just trying to think, um, you don't have to have anything, man. It's okay. Okay, I don't have anything today. All right. So what is tomorrow? What time is your class start? Oh, yeah, tell us about the class. Uh, 11 a.m. It's every Sunday, 11 a.m. at the rec room. And you'll see Raul there. Mm -hmm. And Mark. And Mark. 
I'll go one day. I, I'm, I'm like Damien. I got to mentally prepare myself. For that. <laughs> yeah. It's only been three months. Well, I just started getting back in shape, man. Yeah. It's, you don't need to be in shape to be I, the class. I don't want to be struggling. You, everyone, I'm sure I will struggle. Everyone regardless. is struggling in the class. I promise you. Even his buddy Austin is like fucking six, seven, like <laughs> 300 pounds of muscle struggles in the class. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the, oh, you should see me and Austin at the yoga part. We just like they're they're all on like move nineteen. We we're on like move fourteen still. Like we're coming down to our mat and they're up they're up doing the next move. I'm like, uh, oh really? my god, oh my god. Do and you feel more limber now though since you've been doing it? Yes, I can do. Um, there's definitely some, and this is good that he's here. He can tell us what the move is called. Like when we're in up dog mm-hmm. and we come to knee, you're right, and then when we either walk. To our hands, or we squat. What is that called? The malasana squat. Yeah, see, yeah. I can do that now. Mm. Yeah, but if we've done some hard shit, like maybe a minute prior, I'm probably just gonna crawl up to my yeah, like you know, like. Yeah. But there's like stuff like that. Like when I first started doing it, I could never do it. Yeah, and then slowly I was able to go like just a little bit at a time. You know, now I can pretty much go from where I, my, where we're back at the back of my hands. You know, back yeah. of my feet. I mean, to like the front, and then stand up and for the. Move. So when you do yoga, how often do you think a person should do yoga? Would you recommend? I think starting off, like I was going to one hour classes a day, which honestly at that point in my life, I needed it. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like really stressed and I needed like that really intense um, practice. But shit, man, 10, 15 minutes a few times a week. Oh, okay. It's a great start. Yeah. You know, like get the basics down, do some sun salutations or do some vinyasas, which is like just, you know, a few moves then. Yeah. And, uh, and there's always like yin yoga too, which is really slow. You hold the poses for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's easier in a sense. Um, definitely like good for like stress, but yeah, I'll say start slow. There's no reason to like, you know, unless you just really need it to yeah. like de-stress, just start slow and just enjoy it. What do you think about like the Bikram yoga? I've never been to one of those classes, but I have been to a hot yoga. Uh-huh. And I went to two this week. Uh, one of them was actually uh, Mary's class. Oh, okay. But the hot yoga is really intense. Yeah. If you're not used to it. I mean, you're just like pouring sweat. Oh. Uh, they're awesome, but they are... After about 30, 45 minutes, if you're new to it, you're just like, fuck. How long do they last? Uh, at the place I go, they're a, an hour. Oh, wow. What's the temperature in the room? Man, I don't know, but it's got to be at least 95. Because I'm telling you, it's like everybody. I saw one of y'all's friends in there, actually, uh, the other day. She came to a, You brought her to one of the classes. Oh, uh, Leah. I think she. that's what probably she Probably Leah, like, yeah. right? Leah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tall girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just like everybody's just totally drenched at the end of it. Wow. And it's, uh, but it's, it's awesome. It's, um, and I mean, there's, there's there's no judgment in the class. Like if you have to stop, Mm -hmm. nobody cares. Everybody's doing their own practice. Yeah. So do you think the hot part of it is more of the mental? Like, like you got to break that barrier of dealing with the heat and the poses. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And then part of it too, is like, it's like a detox thing. Ah, Okay. Um, I would love at some point to combine the two, but yeah. I 
definitely couldn't do the kettlebells hot because it should be like flying out mm. your hand. I have to, I'll have to come. I'll go. I'll I'll go to a class before November. I'm gonna have a really cool one on Halloween. Oh, you should come to that class. Yeah, on Halloween. I, will you will, I you, just, will you commit to that on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm on call that weekend. Oh, uh, sure you aren't. I really think I am. I'll check, but I think I am on call. Because mm. what time is there? Eleven? You said eleven yeah. to twelve. You'll be back home by twelve fifteen. As long as I get my deployment done, yeah, I can. Okay, I'll commit to the Halloween class. Yeah, because I I love Halloween. I got I got some special stickers made that I'm just gonna give away. I only made like 25 of them. Yeah, I just give them away for free at that class. They're okay, like a little Halloween. They're they're this logo, but I love the Misfits. They're like a horror Halloween band. Mm. And I got the the Crimson Ghost, which is their famous skull logo. Normally, it's, he's like this. But I had Aaron do one where he's doing the Namaste. Oh, okay, yeah, that's badass. That's up. That's what's up, man. Do you have anything? Why are you staring at me like that, man? I'm looking at you, man. It's okay. Thank you. I, I know you're looking slim, man. You know that's why I made that video of you today. Good, man. That <laughs> fucking you. that video post the other day, the old one. It's fucking what a transformation, man. It's crazy. Which one? It was one where you're sitting on. It was something about oh, catch these hands. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I told because Thacker, Thacker had texted me telling me how proud he was of you, and it was the same day I posted that video. So I sent it to him. And I was like, I'm glad I take these videos so you can remember, you know, what he looked like then. Because like sometimes if you you don't if you don't have a visual of it, you forget, and especially if you see somebody all the time, you know. Yeah, I'll come to the class on the. You said it's a Halloween weekend, so it'll be. Um, uh, yeah, it's sun. It's the because Halloween lands on a Sunday this year. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. definitely going out the night before, so I'll probably be a little tired too. But <laughs> yeah, I'll be there for that one. It's gonna be the 31st, actually. Oh, that's what you just said. Oh yeah, Halloween falls on Thursday. Listen, man, listen. <laughs> all right, uh, we love you lots, man. Right. Thank you all for having me. This was awesome. I oh, know we had fun, man. It was good. Okay. Bye. Bye.